Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hey, welcome back. Happy 2019. Isn't it been 2019? Yeah, but we've never, we haven't really mentioned it. Happy almost February. Yeah, actually, this you know might else, come out on February first. I think we this also comes haven't out mentioned in 1985. So welcome back <laughs> to 1985. It's happy month of love. Yeah. It's love month or anti love month. Actually, we celebrate Tony's birthday month starting next week. This week, no. <laughs> well, the podcast no will also no be love celebrating for Tony's birthday this week. No. Tony's birthday month starting next week. I mean, Lane. I'm Carly. John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have adventure and action. We take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these picks on anyone's top ten list, but maybe while I listen to the podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Today's pick on the podcast is Carly's pick. Hi, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. I only have one question. What's that? How the hell did you find this? <laughs> Actually, I heard about it in a Facebook group for a different podcast where mm. they talk you about... You listen to other podcasts? Yes, I do. Where they talk me. about books. Yes, where they talk about books specifically by female writers of um, the Regency time period. Mm. Okay. because it's just century. This was a weird one out of left field. I was curious on how, how you found it. Well, because uh, when I looked in the trivia and I said, oh, it was a book. Yes. It was a historical fiction epistolary novel that now I kind of want to read. Because <laughs> I like epistolaries. Mm. A fan. I don't know. Like what that Dracula? Word means. It's uh, books that <laughs> books are letters. Like you Dracula. Can. So <laughs> you should read that. <laughs> or you should go back and listen to our Dracula I episode I here have. on the podcast. <laughs> Quick shout out to Ben and Nikki for another successful baby delivery. Congratulations. Yay! Thomas Martin Midkiff. So now we have another person to shout out for. Jeez. Keep it down. <laughs> Quick shout out to my sister Audra for remembering the name of that horrific horror movie from our childhood, Trilogy of Terror. <laughs> and a Maybe quick shout out to Vin Diesel. Tony's birthday month. <laughs> no, I had I already have my movie for Tony's birthday month. I've had it I for have, years. <laughs> I have mine for Tony's pick, and I have mine for Carly's pick. I don't have one for Elaine's pick. I keep flip flopping on Carly's. But I think I you might have one that I'm going to do for Elaine's birthday now. Mm. Like. I'm not sure it's underappreciated or not, but I think I'm going to get it in just because I want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Tony doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. you know, our rules it. are no. only rules until we say, eh, we're not allowed to They're only rules until it's a movie that you really don't want to watch. It's more like guidelines. Right? It's more like, um, what is it, Whose Line Is It Anywhere, where the rules are all made up at the point. And, and the matter. ratings don't matter. That's right. All right. And also, five points for Tony. Yay. Thanks. All right. So this movie it takes place in the aftermath of World War II when a writer forms a bond with the residents of Guernsey Island. And she writes about it. Spoiler. <laughs> a writer wrote something? Say it ain't so. <laughs> this, the screenplay was written. I don't have who wrote the book written down here, but there is a book. <laughs> The screenplay was written by Don Roos, who also wrote Marley and Me and Boys on the Side. Kevin Hood was on there, who wrote Becoming Jane, which I did not finish. I did not like that movie. (laughs) And A Royal Night Out. We have Thomas Bachuza, who also wrote The Family Stone. Oh, look, I I do have it written down. I really like that movie, The Family Stone. I do, too. And it was based off a novel by Marianne Schaefer and Ann Barrows. I wrote that. I forgot I wrote it. I also like Gleaming the Cube. Mm. And Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Okay. It was re- directed by Mike Newell, who also directed Four Weddings and a Funeral. 
Donnie Brasco. Oh, great movie. 2007's Love in the Time of Cholera. Oh. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Wait. I know I had to include that Wait. one just for you. They did the Love in the Time of Cholera movie? I haven't seen it, but Oh, my they God. Did. That's what we should have done for our 100th episode. <laughs> Maybe for 150, we should just watch it and see. Because <laughs> it's our art. <laughs> it's not, but sure. It just would be fun uh, to watch. Well, probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> Carly might like it. I just might. <laughs> All right. This movie stars Lily James, who played Cinderella in the Cinderella movie, which I did not see. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also Lizzie Bennett in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which I also did not see. And she was in Baby Driver, which I wanted to see and still haven't. I saw that. It was. A, it's not a movie you're going to like. Oh, okay. It, it's it's an action movie. Well, she likes some action movies. It's not a movie you're gonna like. Mm-hmm. All right, you should watch it and like it just to spite it. <laughs> She's gonna spite like it. Like that movie was awesome. Spite like. We have I can't I I know I'm gonna say his name wrong. Michelle Michael. It's M I C H I E L. Michelle. Michelle. Huseman, who was in Game of Thrones, he plays uh, Darcy. Uh, Matthew Good, who's in Downton Abbey, The Watchmen. An imitation game. I like him. I do too. That's Sydney. Jessica Brown Finlay, who I know from Downton Abbey. Um, and she's a welcome back to the podcast. She was in The Winter's Tale. Yeah. <laughs> she was the one with the red hair. Yeah. Glenn Powell. I love that from... movie because it had that, you know, detailed drawing. Yeah. It's like, look, that's her. <laughs> Wanted poster. <laughs> on look out for red hair. Oh, goodness. Glenn Powell from Set It Up on Netflix, which I watched and didn't like, and Hidden Figures. And Catherine Parkinson from the It Crowd or the IT Crowd and Humans, who I Aaron made me watch some of that show, so I had seen her before. She's Isola. Tom Courtenay is from Gambit, Doctor Zhivago, and Forty Five Years. He's I was like uh, oh. Eben, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, who's in Doctor Zhivago? <laughs> Because she and wasn't watching the movie, she was checking trivia. Penelope Wilton, who I also know from Downton Abbey, she's Amelia. Um, she was also in the BFG in 2005, Pride and Prejudice. The big fucking The one game. I didn't like. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> and we have Kit Connor, who was in Ready Player One, and I can't remember who that was now. I'm looking at it. That's the little boy. That's the boy. Okay. <laughs> Anthony Gathergood is another welcome back to the podcast. That's uh, Mr. Mears, the one who informed on mm-hmm. the the scoundrel in the neighborhood guy. He was billed as drunk in The Three Musketeers and as villager in The Wolfman. <laughs> wow. Exciting. It's this around. Is third return to the podcast. Deep, deep cuts. <laughs> you went deep on this cast. He's not as cool as Imogen Poots. Eventually, we're just going to have to pick like the first five because <laughs> once we get to like well, 200 movies, everybody's going to be in the same movie. Yeah. Except for Kevin Bacon. We haven't had any Kevin Bacon yet. Uh, not yet. All we can right. get to him, though. Oh, I got a movie for Kevin Bacon. Yeah, we don't have any Kevin Bacon yet, do we? Mm. We will. We watched three Kevin Bacon. And guess what? (laughs) We're going to have Kevin Bacon next week. Uh (gasps) Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, we are. I remember that now. Okay. (laughs) R.I.P.D. He wasn't in that. Yeah, he was. Was he? He's a bad guy. Oh, that's right, he was. I started watching it the other night and immediately turned it off and hit myself in the head with a hammer. I kind of like that movie. It may come back. Oh, Oh, shit. Bring the hammer. (laughs) All right, I have two reviews. This one I picked for John. Oh, good. Just reading the cutesy title made me lose the will to live halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I would call this title cutesy. Confusing. (laughs) Long. (laughs) 
And then this one sums up how I feel. I would highly recommend the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society whilst curled up with a blanket and a cup of tea on a dull afternoon. It won't shock or challenge you, but it will give you a sense of easygoing warmth. <laughs> that one is more me. Alright. They did use the word whilst. Now this is a Netflix movie, so I don't have money information. Well, it would have made money because they would have sold it for a set price. Yeah. I don't know if they, they would don't, make that public. They don't nah. share that with us. So you, you'd want to think that it would be more than it costs to make. <laughs> but not <laughs> always so. Because if they try to sell it a bunch of times and no one buys it, they'll drop the price and try to get anything well, for it. Sometimes yeah. they announce what they what movies sell to Netflix for. and yeah. Sometimes yeah. they don't. But you'd have to go searching a bunch of articles probably. And I didn't come up with anything. So yeah. what instead I have is some key dates. Oh, okay. Just about uh, the German occupation of the some island. Some key dates. All yes. right. So May 1940, the evacuation of Dunkirk. 19, or, ni- June 19th, 1940, where the islands were demilitarized. On the 21st of June, school children were evacuated. On the 28th, 34 people were killed in the bombing raids on the harbors. On the 30th of June, the occupation began. So this was part of the, the evacuation? Of World War II. No, yeah. no, this was part of the evacuation of Dunkirk, though. It's part of that same... No, that happened before. I don't even know why that's in the... That's why I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> but of the islands specifically, it started in June. Okay. Um, and then the deportation order, I don't know of who because this article didn't tell me, was in September 15th. I think that might have been for the Jews that were left on the islands because I read some articles that had stuff about that. And... On December 27, 1944, the Red Cross ship arrived with food. So there was no contact with anybody from the Allies and no, um, really, they, no until contact 44. with anybody for, until 44. And then May 9, 1945, Liberation. I found myself, after I watched this movie, very interested in reading about the occupation of the Channel Islands. <laughs> I read like 17 articles. It's very interesting to me. <laughs> All right. All of a sudden, Carl's going to be a World War II buff. I yeah. like history. The older I get, the more I like history. But no one was the missing get, the more like, this is World War II, right? Where was mm-hmm. Captain America? Mm. Like, he was in Germany. He was on the continent. <laughs> like, he would, he, that is true. He would stop by to save Gurney. He's that kind of guy. Guernsey? Guernsey. That, th- there, too. That's the island next to Gurney. <laughs> it's Gurney, Guernsey, and Gertme. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry if we have any listeners there. <laughs> I'm sorry if he offends if you, you people if, who live in Guernsey Island. I'm do, sure you are all listening. If we, if we do have listeners in Guernsey Island, please let me know because I'll come visit. Oh, I would enjoy that. Yeah. It looked really cool. And I'm going to bring love in a time of Although it wasn't filmed on the island. Oh. <laughs> where was it filmed? I want to go there. Uh, parts were filmed where they filmed Downton Abbey. Parts were filmed. Um, oh, I read it. It was just different places in England. Gurney. No. But in the listing, in the Gertstein. trivia, talking about where they filmed it, not once did they mention filming in Guernsey. <laughs> See, if we were super rich, like uber rich, and we were going to live overseas, mm-hmm. I would want to live somewhere like that. John would want to live somewhere tropical, not eyes of the fly. <laughs> so we probably wouldn't move at all. Because we wouldn't be able to agree on a place that we would. Oh, want we would to move, live. just not together. Oh. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna have a house here. Well, I'm going here. All right, half. Um, <laughs> well, these islands are between France and England, yeah, and so it's warmer than a lot of England. But I would, but I would like to live someplace. But there. south of France might be better for you mm. with the warmth. <laughs> are there islands of south of France? I'm sure. Yeah. Probably. Well, can't we have a house there and then a house somewhere else and split time? No, because I'd want to be there all year round to experience all four seasons. See, that's the problem. Is you're not willing to compromise. 
<laughs> I want a place that has four seasons instead of hot as balls, why is it raining every day, and ooh, I think I saw a snowflake. Okay, or we can, we're uber rich in this scenario, we can like move around every couple seasons, just whenever you want, like making our A year residence. here, a year there. Yeah, but she, she wants to experience want, a whole year. But he would never want to experience anything cold. So oh, I, I want to hang out fall, in England my favorite in, in season. winter. And winter, my second favorite season, everywhere we were. Yeah, I think true. winter we should be in the Bahamas. Or Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> and fall, maybe the Bahamas. <laughs> and fall. No, no. And All next right. winter, Bali. <laughs> All right. So what did you guys think going in? Let's start with you, Josh. I thought, what the hell is it? A potato pie. <laughs> a potato peel pie. We learned. Is that, I know. I was like, is that like a thing? Or is it just one of those things that's going to be part of the title and never mentioned? And I was happy to see that they mentioned it. It's a thing. And it was actually a thing people ate during the occupation. And I also thought, sure, why the hell not? All right, Tony, what did you think? I thought uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Potato Pies. I don't understand what this movie's about, but <laughs> maybe Carly will find it for me on Netflix because I didn't even know what it was called. <laughs> I had a, all I remembered was Potato Peel Pies, so that's what I kept searching. For. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or, and I was like, oh, so uh, the same side that everyone does when Tony picks a vampire movie, I'm going to do when we do another period movie. <laughs> what do you mean another? <sighs> I haven't picked a whole lot of them. Yeah. Not, just all of them. But, I haven't. Um, <laughs> isn't the movie with the vampires, what the hell was that called? Only eleven left alive. Oh. That took place. That in was mo- not. That well, was modern. That it was, was a period. <laughs> <laughs> then there was the one. Chaos. There was the. That's the one with yes. uh, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Then there's the one. Um, with, two. You got two. Uh huh. No, with, with Colin Farrell. Meanwhile, where he didn't you die. Just, that was Winter a Tale. You just, that, that was just also took place a over a hundred years. That was a weird period. <laughs> <laughs> that was like Picasso's blue period. It was strange. But you just picked Johnny Dangerously. That was a period piece. And the Gangster Squad. Also a period piece. All right, piece. so you have just as many as I do. <laughs> <laughs> was Crawl a period piece? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, going into this movie, man, this is going to be boring. <laughs> I know none of you guys were excited about that. Also, I think I would eat something called potato peel pie if it had salt and butter in it. Yes, I love a potato. You you need there, you need extra stuff. Added. Yeah, you have to have something. And cheese, maybe get bacon. a little cheese and bacon yeah. crumble on top. <laughs> it just Actually, seemed like it was a solid hunk of potato. I was like, which mm, I mean, I'm fine mm. with the hunk of potato, but like. I don't know. Yes. We're not starving to death, so I would we're not ready to try the potato peel pie. Eat a potato peel pie. <laughs> Just not original recipe. Just not original <laughs> recipe. I need extra crispy. <laughs> All right. So the movie opens with four friends walking along Guernsey Island late at night in 1941. An older, the older gentleman is clearly drunk and loudly praises the evening they have had. The others try to quiet him, but it's no use, and they're caught out past curfew. The older lady is Isla. She tries to run back, and but there are officers that have been following them as well, and the Germans want to know why are they out past curfew. And the younger lady is Elizabeth. She sees that one of the officers has a book in his pocket and tells them they had a meeting of their book club. And isn't cultural association encouraged in the model occupation? This was the occupation of the islands was a model, I'm using air quotes, occupation, where the Germans were trying to prove that they could occupy a territory without brutalizing all of the people. It was supposed to be a peaceful occupation. <laughs> Meanwhile, I found some potato peel pie recipes, so stand by for that. Oh, <laughs> <shit. laughs> Our next dinner party. 
I would make that. Mm-hmm. I have one with and without cheese. <laughs> uh, so they're like, okay, well, you have a book club. And they're like, yeah, we love books. And they're like, what's the name of it? And they make it up on the fly. And it's the Guernsey Literary and Bloody Potato Peel Pie, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. And uh, the younger man says it should be on the list. And uh, and he's like, you haven't started confiscating potato peelings, have you? And it's not on the list. This is an illegal assembly, and they have to go with the Germans right now. But the older man, the drunk man, Eben, throws up on the German shoes. And the German says, you're not getting in my car. <laughs> no, because then Digsy or Donzy, Deezy. Donzy. <laughs> All four of them say, I'll put him in your car. And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, register in the morning. Yeah, first thing in the morning. Get out of my So face. some due to some quick thinking and <laughs> Elsa's really strong gin. <laughs> so then they had to make it real because now they have to... Uh, now they have to go register the group, so now they have a book club. <laughs> so we cut to post-war London, 1946. A man and a woman, Sydney and Juliet, on a double-decker bus, moving through streets lined with damaged buildings and broken windows and bombed-out areas of London. <laughs> paint! You see paint! <laughs> yeah. She's very excited about some She's very paint. excited. When was the last time you saw fresh paint? Um... And he starts talking about how the Times contacted him. And she's like, I don't feel like doing any more Izzy right now. And he's like, no, they want you. They want your voice this time. And I've said yes. You would have said no, but I make better decisions than you. Which is funny. <laughs> and uh, her bookstore, her book tour is going to start soon. And she can do the article in the meantime. And uh, he is Sydney, her publisher. And he seems like more than a publisher but i don't know if that's because she's a woman in in the i mean even in the 50s in some areas women couldn't have bank accounts and stuff so. <laughs> i don't know she mentions a couple times that they've been yeah, lifelong they're, friends, they're so. lifelong friends he seems very much more involved than a publisher would be in her life um but they arrive at their destination it's a bookstore where she answers questions about being a writer and why she writes under the name of iggy izzy bickerstaff which she doesn't want to do anymore because they wouldn't publish her own shit. Probably not. Well, they did. The one book about Anne Bronte. It's like 28 copies. Which, <laughs> which Sydney published it. Because yes. he's her agent, publisher, whatever. And he's obviously her friend. So he probably only published it because he was because her he friend. Her. Yeah. And he knew that it was good writing. But nobody cares about yeah. Anne Bronte. But this voice, this Izzy Bigger stuff, came to her and it's done well. So... And men, men will read uh, less likely to read books written by women. That's true. That's why they uh, a lot of them just use surnames or like J.K. Rowling. They don't put their or, feminine name on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they or like um, they just write their initials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after the book store thing, they go to look at a flat she can buy. She gets first dibs because of Izzy Bickerstaff. And she shouldn't dally, though, because it's going to go in a flash. And he opens the door as he says, flash, and we go to a flashback of her opening a door at her parents' bombed-out flat and seeing the desk that her dad used to work at and uh, finding a picture of the family broken on the floor and clutching it to herself. And then she sees her father's paperweight, and she goes for it, and the floor gives out. 
It kind of mm-hmm. looks like she came home and her apartment <clears throat> and her parents were no more. Yeah. I really thought that paperweight would be more important. I mean, it comes back. <laughs> I thought it would be more important. We see it numerous times. But it's really not important. <laughs> is it your least favorite tertiary object? No. Or is that potato peel pie? <laughs> no. So anyway, she grabs a paperweight just as the floor gives out. Sydney grabs her hand and pulls her back. And then we flash back to the present. And we see that this place is really nice. And uh, she she admits that it's a really nice place, but she's not going to live here because she has, like, PTSD. <laughs> yeah. This is not a good idea for I her. I thought it was... I don't know. I got the impression the entire movie that she's really uncomfortable with wealth. Mm-hmm. I did, too. Like, she's not ready for this. She has money now. She's made money. But she doesn't feel like she's risen, like she belongs here. This well, is it. So many her. other people are suffering and poor. Yeah. And, and, and she was among them yeah. suffering and poor. Yeah. yeah. And now she it's made money. But, but she didn't make money using her own. She had to write at, under a pseudonym to make this money, yeah. which feels fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her wealth feels like I got that impression the whole movie. So like she definitely does not want to live yeah. in this. This place is too fancy. <laughs> she is um, too uh, upscale, too high class. Another thing is imposter syndrome, like yeah. all writers have, where they don't think that they're worth it. No matter who, even if Stephen King, you'd be like, yeah, I suck. You know, it's just mm. the, it's just how they are. And the more money they make, I imagine it gets worse. <laughs> Hopefully, you find out someday. Hopefully, we'll see. <laughs> oh, Connie, you already feel like you're worthless. That's oh, all right. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> So she's like, it's a really nice place, but it's not my place. It's going to be somebody's home, and it's a great home. It's not mine. So he's like, how about this? On their, when they're leaving, Sydney's like, how about when Izzy reaches number one, we can buy new homes for all the other people who were bombed out. <laughs> and she's like, it's a good start. <laughs> so that night she goes out with her fella. Markham Reynolds and they have a swinging good time dancing and are making out when he takes her home to her bedstead in Battersea that Sydney says she needs to leave behind the owner of the house Mrs. Burns gives Mr. Reynolds a hard time because he keeps sending flowers even though she has asked him to stop she's like I don't have a storeroom full of vases for my tenants to receive flowers every day which yeah, I think asshole. is sweet and he's like look times are tough floors need work too which is true. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people probably buying flowers right now. And he's no. buying them every day. And yes, he's rich, and that's why he's doing it. And But at the same time, he's not wrong. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> but Mrs. Burns is frustrated. <laughs> and uh, so um, he goes outside and says goodbye. And when um, Juliet comes back in... She tells Mrs. Burns to keep the flowers. And she's like, oh, okay then. <laughs> if I get to keep them, I'm happy they're here. Oh, would you know? I found another vase. <laughs> <laughs> and she takes her mail. And as she's walking upstairs, Mrs. Burns says, it's after 10, too late for typing. Typewriters are so loud. that clickety-clack all night. <laughs> In her mail, she has a letter forwarded from her previous address. And it's from a man named Dossie Adams on Guernsey Island. He tells her how he read a book that had her name and address written inside during the occupation, and it's a favorite. And he understands there's another book by the same author, and he was wondering if she could give him the address of a bookshop in London that he could send for. Because um, there's no bookshops left on Guernsey after the war. So she goes and finds the book and sends it with her reply. And uh, 
She says it was sad to part with the Charles Lamb that he has, but times were tough and she needed the money, so she had to sell it. So she has been poor. (laughs) And uh, he had told her about his book club in the first letter, and so she wants to know. She sent him the book, and she said, I just need you to answer these three questions. (laughs) Number one, why did a roast pig have to be kept a secret? Number two, how could a pig cause you to begin a literary society? And number three, what is a potato peel pie? The most important question of the title of this movie, what is a potato peel pie? She's not wrong. So as she leaves the bookshop, she sees a dress she likes, and we next see her arriving at a gala with it on. We know some time has passed, but we're not uh, keeping track of time in the beginning of this movie. No, I don't think we're keeping track of time at all during this movie. Yeah, that's true. Because (laughs) they're obviously writing letters, so it's probably only a couple days. Well, it's probably like a week between letters because this is in the 40s. Yeah, because they probably have to ride the boat to get the letters back and forth. So it's probably not too long between the letters. But then when she goes to the island, how long is she there? A week? Three years? It's really hard to tell. (laughs) I got the impression it was... A like a monthish, month. yeah. yeah, but it's just the time is minimum you, two weeks. You can't really maximum two feel months. the <laughs> you can't really feel the time in this movie. It all yeah. just it, it takes place over time. It's basically what we get at there. I'd rather have the every five minutes where they flash and tell us where we are. <laughs> <laughs> at least Monday the first. Yeah. <laughs> Or like Saturday um, the fifteenth, <laughs> or like on the letters, maybe the day. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would have been a good, a good way to do it. Just something because you can't feel it. It's if we had periodically good. seen a newspaper when she was there with a date, something that would have just, just comes across the screen. Well, she spent time at the newspaper, mm-hmm. like, and they could have been selling them in the post office. Like it could have been a thing. It could have been like a little kid just. Selling newspapers. Papers, papers, get your papers. They would have been called, I don't know, Newsies. (laughs) It's a great movie. Yeah, I know you're going to mention Christian Bale. All right. She said it was a great movie. So she buys the fancy gold yellow dress and goes to the gala with Mark. It is a nice dress. He is in awe of her. She's a ray of sunshine. (laughs) He doesn't say that, but he has this look on his face. And. And they start, they're very happy to see one another, but we see as time goes on in the evening, she's not having the greatest time while he's off schmoozing and hanging out with other people because he's more, he's like a diplomat, they say, Um, and she's not. (laughs) And he's like, uh, what, this dress is too beautiful, you're too beautiful to have this cloud over your head, and she's like, do you ever feel like we've emerged from a long black tunnel into a carnival? He's like, don't you like carnivals? And she's like, carnivals are wonderful. And they go dance. I feel like this is this shows the difference between, like, the war never really touched America. Like, mm-hmm. we sent our troops oh, yeah. over. At the end. <laughs> at the end. Yeah. And even, like, the troops that went over, that's different. But, like, the people in the United States that came over after the war, we saw the aftermath, but we didn't understand. And we just go on and Mar- you know he's going on he's a diplomat he's used to money he's used to parties he's yeah. used to this and he's trying to help with the recovery and doing these things he works with the military but he doesn't understand her disconnect with mm-hmm. the lifestyle yeah because she's a she's a wealthy popular author why wouldn't she fit right into yeah, this yeah. crowd but but she, she doesn't she's, <laughs> she's a little closer to her 
Yeah. And he is. So uh, while they dance, he's been, as she's been looking for flats, he's been talking to her about what she should get, a big window, a nice view, and he says he's been giving more thought to her view. Oh, no, this is when they go home, when he walks her home. And she's like, Sydney's lined up for some more flats, and he's like, well, I was thinking there's some places overlooking Central Park, and he tells her basically that he wants to take her to New York. She's never been there. And she is excited about that like she seems really like on a cloud floating into the, <laughs> in, into her house when she gets home and she gets her mail and she has another letter from mr adams thanking her for the book he is happy to settle the debt by answering her questions the roast pig had to be a uh, secret because they took all the animals away to feed their soldiers on the continent in 1940 it was against the law to keep even one he was ordered to grow potatoes Food was already scarce by the first winter, and they lived their lives in isolation, having had their radios taken, mail suspended, and telegraph lines cut. One day, he received a note asking to bring his butcher's knife to Amelia's house. When he arrived, he found that she had hidden the pig away, and Elizabeth had the idea that they should roast it and host a dinner. Everybody was hungry, but they were also needed the company of each other, because they had been isolated for so long. Isola was invited. She makes her own gin. And Eben, the postmaster, brought a potato peel pie. <laughs> no Which was, was just excited. potato. <laughs> Which, and this peels. is the most no excited part of the movie for me. I was like, oh, that's it. Okay, great. I, I, was, I was into this. I'm like, that's it. This, this is it. I was waiting for a recipe, you know, like a, a voiceover and a fade. Like, what do you make with the potato peel? And then no. Like, Here you go. Well, Big it's chunk just, of potato. It's just potatoes and potato peels. <laughs> Even when she asked for the recipe, they didn't give it. No. Like, it's like he should have said, it's real easy. You just yeah. put this, 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 and this. Yeah. It was probably mashed potatoes with potato peels made to look like lattice pie right, crust. Right. I'm sure that's all it was. <laughs> right, but they could have told you what normally's in it and then backtracked. Well, he said he invented it. So what's normally in it entirely new creation oh, okay. is potato. He said they all knew one another, but they... They all knew of one another, but it was Elizabeth that they all were friends with. She brought them together, and they forgot about the war and the occupation and remembered their humanity for the evening. And then on the way home, they were caught and used the Literary Society as a cover. So then they had to make it real. They snuck into a destroyed bookshop and took what they could, and this is how he came to have the book, Her Charles Lamb. So they started their book club every Friday night. They met, and it was a refuge for them. At first, they had a monitor, but he was bored to sleep and never came back. Yep. <laughs> I like that part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that part, they were talking about Jane Austen. Because <laughs> I'm a fan. Anyway, so books were a place where they could forget about the world they lived in and escape to other worlds. And she's so moved by the letter that she immediately starts typing a response. <laughs> And tells him books saved her when she lost her parents and that she is also a writer. She wants to come and meet his society and sit in on a meeting. And she sends a copy as a work or as a copy of her work as a proof she comes in peace. She looks at Izzy, puts it back, and gives the Anne book, the Anne Bronte book. Which I'm sure they're all excited to get. <laughs> well, they've well, been they cut off from the world, so they don't know. <laughs> well, also, if it was 20 people worldwide and now we add another five, that's quite a you know, yeah. large increase. <laughs> if they all buy it. <laughs> if they can I find think, a copy. I think at that it. point, she's going to sell for them reading it. Well, <laughs> obviously, they broke into that bookstore and 
stole books while the Nazis were there. But after the Nazis were gone, there's still the bookstore. Whose bookstore is that? But wouldn't you know that it's just amazing that the time that they go to break in and get books is the time that the Nazis are right there? Because well, on this to- on little to island of Guernsey, the- there must be a bunch of Nazis running around looking for no. bookstores. <laughs> in the town, they're probably patrolled at night to make sure nobody's breaking curfew. How many Nazis do you think are patrolling Guernsey at night? Here's what the do you thing. think the budget on Nazis patrolling Guernsey is in World War II? Here's they- the thing. Mm. I did some research. <laughs> I know she's the a- answers to these questions. <laughs> she said she's a big fan of Nazis. Oh. You know what? What? There were it, in some on some of the islands mm-hmm. as many as two Germans for every one islander left after the evacuation. That seems like a lot of Nazis. Um, also, because Hitler so wanted to use the model occupation propaganda to mm-hmm, prove that mm-hmm. he wasn't a monster, mm-hmm. he sent too many people there, and it's one of the reasons he lost the war. <laughs> See, he wasn't dumb shit. <laughs> so there was probably plenty of Nazis to patrol On at Guernsey, night. I believe it said there was one for every two or three islanders. There was a Nazi. That were left. There weren't a lot left. Yeah. So you well, figured. actually, on Guernsey, there were. There Do you remember? No, I've read Damn it. Damn it, Carly. You said you knew these answers. I read it, but I don't remember. Guernsey but, but is the it, largest of the islands. Was it though. a big number? Was it like thousands? It was in the thousands, okay. yes. So that's a lot of Nazis to be just yes. driving around in Guernsey. Yes. <laughs> but so that's why it was so easy for that's why they didn't experience resistance. The people couldn't resist. There was nowhere for them to hide. There were Nazis everywhere. <laughs> well, and if Guernsey is the largest of the islands and they're pretty spread out as farmers and stuff, but the towns is yeah. where the bookstore is going to be. You're, it's going to be a small town. There's probably Think of that tiny town in fucking American Werewolf in London. Mm. <laughs> it's a town like that. There's there was only, no Nazis there. There's only like what fifty buildings you know what in the whole be town. Yeah. It's the werewolf is killing Nazis. <laughs> there's probably only fifty buildings in the whole town. If you have two patrols of two Nazis each, you get can probably patrol the whole town. That is true. All right, now, now that I did that, read in the goofs that this bookstore. Like, how did it get to the state it's in? And how are these books still okay if they were exposed to weather? And, you know. <laughs> so we don't really know how it was destroyed, but the books might not have been salvageable by the end of the war. Probably not. But, hey, you know what? We don't work, we don't pull on those strings. Yeah, we do. But anyway, they got some books. <laughs> One of which was Charles Lamb. They got some Bronte. They got some Austin. They got some Yates. They got, you know, an assortment. And they got Harry Potter and the Deadly Hallows. No, that wasn't written yet. Oh, okay. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so she sends her book. I like how Carly sings. I'm sorry, I lost my notes. I lost so my notes. So she. Okay. <laughs> she goes to see Sydney, and who tells her that she cannot just drop everything and go to Guernsey. That's ridiculous. She has her tour. She's reading in Cambridge. She's reading in Edinburgh. She's she's got stuff. And uh, and she's like, "Look, you're the one that said yes to the times. They want me to write an article about reading and I want to write about these people." And he's like, "God damn it. Yes, I did." <laughs> so, uh, she feels inspired by their story and he's like, "You're not just running away, are you?" And uh, not that Mark would ever let you get very far away. And she's like, "Let me." And then we cut to her getting ready to board the boat. Mark proposes and uh, says he wants to give her her perfect home because his home is with her, wherever she is. And she says yes, and the ring is huge. Ridiculous. 
I think it's beautiful. It's John thought beautiful, it was ugly. It's it's it was gaudy. It's yeah. It's it's too much. No, it's not. There's <laughs> no such thing. It lightens down with the ring. Too okay. bad it's not gaudy. Like, like, wow. John, John, thought, John thought it was really ugly, and I'm like, it's Art Deco. It is Art Deco. It was it, very. It, it sure was Art D ugly. Oh, <laughs> it was huge. So anyway, um, she seems in shock, but still boards the ship and is off to Guernsey. She walks to the hotel, but it's closed because the roof is being rebuilt. And one of the men working is Dossie, but they don't introduce themselves. How would he have known? Because she said, I'm going to be coming to your little island. Uh-huh. And I'm sure, I don't know how many visitors to come to Guernsey. <laughs> but Post-war. No. Probably not said, a lot of vacationers coming to old Guernsey. I'm coming tomorrow. She said, can I come? Can I come to your book club? And he never, he hadn't responded yet. We don't know if he responded or not. I assume he responded and said, we'd be happy to have you. So she just came. Maybe. They didn't know they didn't she know was when coming. she was coming. It was very sudden. Like, all they know is that she wanted to come. They had no idea when she was coming or anything like that. She just fucking took off. Well, she had to, t- she had to dodge uh, tiles every few minutes. So. Now, if I was on Guernsey repairing the hotel and some strange woman said, I'm looking for a place to be... I might introduce myself. Yeah. Also, tiles are not cheap. Stop throwing them off the roof. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe Guernsey slipping. has lots of slate. Maybe. Guernsey could have lots maybe of slate. Maybe they exported slate. <laughs> that might have been what Guernsey does. <laughs> Carly, does Guernsey, you seem to be the expert I don't Guernsey. know. So the same that slate capital know. of uh, the UK? <laughs> just the island. It's just it's slate, just the, the whole island. Yeah. <laughs> There's the houses and then slate. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, goodness, goodness. Big skateboarding park now. So mm. he sent her to the post office to find out information about rooms to rent. All the pool tables come from. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Pool tables. Because <laughs> they're made of slate. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you think they were concrete? Mm. She had never thought about it flat. at all. Yeah, I never thought she, about uh, it at she all. Make them out of slate and cover them in felt. Could've I know been. about the felt <laughs> over a flat surface. That's all I need mm-hmm. to know. It's slate. <laughs> it's slate. And now you know. Yes, thank you. That's that's what we're here for, listeners. <laughs> fun facts. All of our friends out there, you learn fun facts. When she gets to the post office, Eli, a boy, is manning the counter, and Evan is in the back pack, packing up a basket of mail to be delivered. Evan suggests she go see Charlotte Stimple. She keeps a clean house and rents rooms. Eli makes a face like Charlotte's place is not a good choice. <laughs> like she's crazy. Seems to be the only choice, though. And when Evan comes to the front and tells her Eli can take her there um, because he has to deliver mail anyway, she thanks him. And then he introduces himself. And she's like, the Evan Ramsey? Inventor of the potato peel pie? You're why I've come. And Eli's like, you came for his pie? (laughs) Because Eli's probably had that potato peel pie. Many a time. Like, lady, you've got issues. Yeah. And she's like, no, I came, I'm the writer, I came to see your book club. And he's like, he seems excited. Like, he's super thrilled that she's there. He's so thrilled Elaine cried. Elaine <laughs> yeah. kept crying. The and look I was his face, like, though. The look he was face. like, you came to see us? A real author? And I'm like, <laughs> welling up. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I, and I said, I, I'm I like, see a real writer all the time. I'm like, one of those women that <laughs> cries at the fucking telephone commercials. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. As long as it wasn't a Gillette commercial, I guess. That happened mm. a lot in the 90s. Long-distance phone call commercials. Made a lady weepy. Every time that the 10 10 3 2, 1 went through, sweetie, I did it, I cried. 
Oh, bad. We got a baby Eats a boy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that one. 1-800-COLLECT. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Too bad that's not still a thing. Mm. So he says mm. he'll call around, let everyone know she's arrived, and, uh, and Eli takes her to Charlotte's. Charlotte makes a point of putting a Bible on the nightstand and says she needs to be paid in advance. And then she, when Juliet takes her gloves off and opens her purse, she's like eyeballing that she ring. She gives that ring some serious stank <laughs> eye. <laughs> and she's like, what's brought you from London? And Juliet's she, like, where's the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. She should have just said sleep. <laughs> Quite the pool player. Billiards player. Yeah. So she gets rid of Charlotte, and then she takes the ring off. She's like, this isn't a good place for this. And she ties it in a scarf and puts it in her purse. I think the attention made her super uncomfortable. Yeah. Because she's uncomfortable with... With wealth. (laughs) I feel like she's comfortable with Mark when Mark is there, but as soon as he's gone, she's so uncomfortable with everything else. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay. (laughs) She walks to Amelia's house and meets her and Isola. Amelia does not seem welcoming or happy to have her there no, at all. No, it's really weird. <laughs> and she tells her she won't be meeting Elizabeth because she's off island at present. Isola is happy, though, and as soon as Julia's like, maybe I shouldn't have come, Isola's like, nonsense, we're thrilled you're here. And, uh, and so she's like, all right. <laughs> and when Evan gets there and he's all happy to see her again, she starts to, to calm down. But then Dossie arrives and uh and he's like oh like they're like oh we did kind of meet earlier isla's like you've met before and they're like yeah earlier today kind of and she's like oh i thought in a past life (laughs) (laughs) but that makes sense too (laughs) she's a fun lady she is i liked her tony hated her (laughs) shock So we'll get to that. <laughs> they set a clock for the meeting and have a lively discussion about whether Anne is a more important uh, author than Charlotte or Emily. They're all impressed at how well Juliet stands up for her opinions about Anne against all their arguments. And when the bell signals the end of the meeting, Juliet is given the full experience of tasting an authentic potato peel pie and having some gin. It seemed like this was a regular practice. You had to, you picked your book and then you had to defend it. No matter what, which seems like kind of a fun thing. Oh, I Isn't thought their book club seemed really fun. <laughs> I say that's what we kind of did with, when we had our five-minute book club. Yeah, and there's yeah. no defense of the river guy. Oh, <laughs> sick burn, Nicole. Get her. In one of the Facebook groups I'm in, there was a post recently about, or a thread, about books that your book club hated. And uh, did your book club ever end because of a book? And I was like, <laughs> ours did! <laughs> I mean, I don't it think it ended because no, of that book. I joke that it killed the book club, but it didn't really. We just we started just, losing numbers there towards the end. It just yeah. petered off. It, it couldn't sustain itself, which was unfortunate. But this book club, I thought, looked really. I feel hard. like if you can't meet in person, your book club. Yeah, it's really hard. It. It's hard. We have a movie club. We mm. record it. And <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Maybe we should start a book club and record it, and then people would actually come. <laughs> yeah, are there podcasts about books? Yes. yes. Probably lots. lots. <laughs> Well, movies are more fun because so movies are opinion. like a book. <laughs> the pie is Books awful. Everyone agrees, but the gin is good. And Juliet would like the recipe for the pie to include in the article because people love that detail. And they're like, article? And you guys wanted that detail. <laughs> and I was like, just say what's in the fucking the pie. The whole time I was like... Just potatoes. He right? did say what's but in the she pie. she acted like that pie tasted like dog shit. It's just plain potatoes. It doesn't... It tastes almost like nothing. 
Like, why did she make that face as if she wanted to vomit? <laughs> maybe she doesn't like potatoes. As if she was drunken in front of a Nazi. Maybe she doesn't like potatoes second time. Still, Honestly, maybe she does not like the potatoes. I don't know if I've ever had a potato that was just a plain potato. I have. With nothing in it. I've I had have. And I'll tell you, they don't have a lot of appeal. <laughs> now, I will now say. Now, if you cook them right. One of the more interesting things See, now that was a joke. <laughs> in the articles about the occupation was at one point, people had to stand in line to get seawater when they ran out of salt. Jeez. And they were boiling things in seawater so they could have salt. But they had to wait in line on the island to Jeez. get water. That's terrible. <laughs> because That's just... the beaches were mined and they couldn't get to it. Wow. That's terrible. <laughs> so I'm surrounded by water, but I'm not going on the beach because there's salt. She bombs. laughs. That not makes because sense. she thinks yeah. it's funny, no. but because Carly just laughs. I just laugh. <laughs> No. See, Case you're new just, this episode. I found it so interesting. Anyway. I'd like to know how many new listeners we get who's like, you know what, Guernsey, whatever, and the pie potatoes. <laughs> That's not what I want to listen to. And it's our, so welcome to the podcast. Well, you know what? <laughs> Maybe you. if you read this book and you wanted to know more, you search podcasts, this in the podcast and you've find out yeah, or maybe if you're you know maybe you watch this on netflix because you accidentally fell asleep and netflix just started a movie for you because it does that sometimes and by sometimes <laughs> means all the time and yeah. you woke up halfway through and then you were very intrigued and you say oh look there's a podcast that did an episode about this yeah, welcome to the podcast you are happen. in for a journey my friends because i do long episodes <laughs> that and um if you uh send an email to at movie podcast Something. On moviepodcast oh, wow. at gmail.com. Right. It's only been two years, guys. <laughs> eh. But if you send an email, we will send you, I uh, don't nothing. We will, we'll send you well wishes. We'll, recipe, we'll send you the recipe for potato peel pie. And we'll pie. give you a shout out. Yes. We'll talk about you on the podcast. <laughs> we will name the potato peel pie after the first person who does that. Who's... <laughs> <laughs> First person who sends us the next email? Right. About this episode? It says, I joined the podcast from this episode. I'm going to call my potato pie Bob or whoever (laughs) it is. I bet some of our regular listeners won't even listen to this episode. I'm just going to skip it and won't even hear a (laughs) shout out. Anyway. But DJ will. Go ahead. So now she's like, oh, crap. I didn't ask you guys about this article. So anyway, I want to write an article about you guys. (laughs) Me too, dubs. (laughs) Amelia's like, no, you will not write an article about us. And uh, she's like, but the readers would be inspired by you. And she's like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, no. write, write a damn book. Get some tourism coming to this island. Put the potato peel pie. Fucking put different kinds of uh, recipes in there. You can make some money. But and what's, did we find out there, there's other reasons why they don't. What I liked about this scene was that she's like, it's going to be in the London Times. And they're like, and who gives a shit? Yeah, we, because, don't, we don't read the London Times. You know, these reports are like, oh, well, it's going to be important. Yeah. Like, to you. And also, another thing with the occupation, the feelings after the war, because Britain just abandoned these islands. Like, why do they care about yeah. London? Yeah. London didn't help them any. They, right. they demilitarized and let the Germans have them. <laughs> so there were... They did what was called a strategic withdrawal. There were feelings. There were feelings. <laughs> it's like, well, well, fuck those guys. Exactly. So... so uh, so anyway, on the way back, Dossie walks her... Oh, no, wait. Before before they leave, a little girl comes in and says she had a dream and sits on Dossie's lap. And Juliet learns that this is Kit, Elizabeth's daughter. She calls Dossie daddy and says she wants to go home. And Tony said, oh, man, Elizabeth's dead. <laughs> well, <laughs> as soon as she opened the first letter, I said... Oh, she's gonna fall in love with the. They're gonna correspond, and she's gonna end up. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! As soon as they met, 
I was like, oh, well, that's this movie. And then... <laughs> Sorry, Mark... Markham? Whatever your, What's your name? Markham Asylum? What's Markham Reynolds. Okay. Sorry, Malcolm, and then Sorry Malcolm Reynolds. When we Sorry, see guy the kid, who's really sweet and does all these things. Yeah. She didn't care about you at all. Negative. When we see the kid, I was like, maybe that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I had no doubt. Oh, no. Well, I kind of... I was holding out hope that... A, Oh, no I thought the first time I, I thought she was going to come back and ruin everything. And we saw the kid. I thought, yeah, she and Dossie had fallen in love, and that would have uh, been, been better. I thought, I thought that Mark was going to find her, and she was going to, and they were going to bring her emancipated her been her concentration camp body home, and she was going to be all emancipated. And the whole time, emaciated. <laughs> well, no, she was she emancipated. She was both. She would have been emancipated. She was emancipated. She would have That's also not been the word I meant, but she was, she was. It was not wrong. It wasn't it's what she wrong. was going for. <laughs> but I thought she was going to come home, and the whole time, Dawsey and, what's her name? Juliet. Juliet would be in love, but then she would go back to Mark, and he would go to Elizabeth, because that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I thought. Interesting ideas. We like to come up with alternate versions of the movies on this podcast. And then Officer Sapir shows would have up. Been, <laughs> it would have been the not obvious ending. Yeah. And they didn't do that. They went with the obvious this bullshit. This movie is which very is predictable, fine. but that's which, fine. Which I don't is fine. I like yeah, a predictable Yeah, where it's like, hey, romance. you have a great life. Things are going great. You're going to fuck the all up to go live in this weird place. I, I do like a predictable romance movie, but I was just kind of hoping for a little something different here. <laughs> if it wasn't, Netflix can get wild. You don't know. <laughs> that is true. You don't know. <laughs> Please see our episode on Timer. So Dossie walks Juliet back to Charlotte's and she apologizes for assuming that this would be okay. And he's like, look, you can't be all bad. You sent two books to a complete stranger. And he's just glad that now he can put a face to the name Juliet. So the next day, Charlotte gives Juliet some grief about being out late. I thought I told you I like to dock my door at 9. You can get home till 10.15. Not cool. I was at the book club. I know where you were. I know where you were. (laughs) She's like, bitch, you're not my mother. And I, there's more to the story that they're telling you. And uh, and she's like, what are you talking about? What story? They, we talked about a book. <laughs> and she's like, I won't gossip. So the less said on it, the better. But watch yourself with them. She Which is usually yet. what happens when people say, I don't gossip. But did you hear about it? <laughs> I know. I'm not one to gossip. She's I was surprised, though, because she kept... said, I'm not one to gossip. The less said on it, the better. And leaves. I was like, oh, wow, she's not gonna. <laughs> I kept waiting for the reveal that she was correct, too. Like, there was some kind of something to this story to make them I mean, not perfectly wonderful people. Not to get, even though they weren't. But yeah. Not to get Obi-Wan, but I mean, Anya, but it is from a certain point of view. You know, from her, it, from her point of view, yeah, they are terrible people. It, but I mean, she doesn't know them. That's know? right. Just like on one point of view... The rebels are terrorists. Well, I don't know. It just feels—it just feels like everything. <laughs> everything that gets revealed makes her love these people more. Mm-hmm. And I just kept waiting for something to be revealed that would make her, that would tarnish them just a little bit. But there was nothing. <laughs> this lady was just a mean old bitty. <laughs> a mean old bitty. It's all right to be oh, a little bitty. Man. Oh, goodness. You know, you just don't use the word bitty enough. Nah. Well, that's what she was. I'm kind of curious about so her story so and how Tallywacker she became bitty. and bitty. We're putting Bring on the back. list. <laughs> Bringing them back. Yeah. If you can use tallywhacker and bitty in the same sentence. It's not bitty. It's old bitty. Because young people I'll aren't tell you bitties. What, John, that old bitty doesn't want anything to do with your tallywacker. <laughs> oh, Congratulations, Whoa. Carly. You win the well wishes. <laughs> you want a potato peel pie. <laughs> Next okay, time you come over, so potato peel pie. I'd rather, 
butter. I'd rather have the gin. <laughs> I've never actually had gin. You never had gin? You're gin. not going to like it. If gin. I made a potato peel pie, you wouldn't be intrigued. If you put stuff in it, sure. I definitely would. All right, guys. Tune in in future episodes. One day we're trying this. Or as long as It'll you make be gonna come back. It, we're gonna have. I was gonna say it's gonna be like the stuffing where we talk yeah. about it before for like ten straight episodes and then it disappears. Tony never did get the stuffing. I did. She she made stuffing. It was amazing. I made stuffing. So later, I sent him home with some. Didn't your mom make me stuffing? I don't think so. No, no. Oh, she said she you. said that we that she should, oh, but she did. Okay. Because <laughs> she was talking about stuffing. Oh, so Tony's like. Can I get some of that stuffing? <laughs> <laughs> Juliet goes to the post office and calls Sydney to tell him about the meeting and how she really did do a reading, but it was of the Anne Bronte book, and he's like, oh, how'd that go? How'd they get a copy of that? <laughs> and she didn't tell him. She just ignored him. <laughs> they don't want the article done. He's like, oh, so you were super successful. <laughs> <laughs> she also tells him that she's engaged, and you can tell he's not happy with this. He's like, ah, crap. <laughs> this is where I thought Sydney was in love with her. Which was so off base. So off. But he loves her. He's her best friend. He loves her, but yes. he does he not. He like a brother. It's not, yeah. it's not that kind of love. But I thought, but he oh, doesn't, he loves her. He doesn't see. We get from his comments that he doesn't think Mark is good for her or right for her. Um, but uh, she, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm happy. Are you happy? <laughs> is, Mark, is Mark there? Did he come with you? <laughs> Which is unfortunate. I wish we had a scene between them two so we could get some contact. Because we don't know anything about Mark. No, you know, we, really we know don't. he's rich and we know he's a nice guy to her, and maybe he is this great guy. But it's 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 one of those romance things that they do in these movies where you don't get they either they either set Mark up to be a bad guy because of one thing, or we don't learn anything about Mark, so we don't really know. So that we don't care when he yeah. comes to Mark. Mark seems like he wants this particular kind of wife, which there's nothing wrong with that. Mark seems like a good dude. I. I would marry Mark in this situation. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's a would. big step, but okay. He's very handsome, and he does not like it. pigs. I'm, I'm down with it. He's he's very very he not like pigs. <laughs> you know that whole farm smells like pig. fucking oh, pigs. I said it multiple times. I'm like, you gave up all this to go live on a fucking pig farm? <laughs> Eat potato peel pie? Are you high? Look, that pig farm has to smell so bad. Yeah. But, I mean, the kid, but that pig farmer is hotter than Mark. <laughs> I disagree. Oh, oh, I am team fired. Mark. Oh. He's so cute. See? Oh, no. Uh, okay, Doss is a little is too <laughs> little too broody for me. A oh, little see, too I don't broody. mind that at all. I like I, I like shi- I like Mark. He's a little shinier. Alright. A little shinier. <laughs> shinier. I like the scruffy broodiness. I don't, not for me. Anyway, that's why we're married to com- or, well, I'm married to someone completely different than who you are with. Not that you guys are married, but I feel like you are at this point. You're not married. No, no, no. you and Tony are not married. <laughs> we just, oh. just played that way on TV. Oh man. Oh okay. So not yet, anyway. After getting off the phone, Juliet talks to Eli a little bit, and he tells her that the society has taken his education in hand, and they're catching him up since he uh, didn't have any education during the war. And this is where she learns that the children were evacuated before the occupation. Annie Lane is crying about it. (laughs) She didn't know that the children had been sent away, and he and Eben tell her the story of the day the kids left and then the day Eli came back. And uh, she learns that Elizabeth helped Eli and gave him her father's Medal of Courage to give back to her when he came home. And someday she'll come home and she'll get it back. And people are coming home every day. 
And she's like, how long has she been gone? And Evan's like, oh, I'm not telling you. <laughs> they don't want to talk about it. Which, you can't blame them. And she's fucking nosy. Yeah, she is. But she's also... Uh, right. She does. Yeah. She's, she's she's writer and she smells a story. I get it. She's very Lois Lane, but like she's fucking nosy. She she didn't know these people from a can of paint. Like I feel like this is where it's weird because the sense of time. Like how long has she been here before she's prying in? I have to know what happened to Elizabeth. <laughs> like you don't fucking know these people. How many days have you been there? Three. <laughs> At this point, it is very early. Like, it just was weird. They all are like, oh, I thought you left. (laughs) (laughs) She hasn't been hanging out with them. Um, Eli tells her Elizabeth was arrested and sent to the continent in 44. But he doesn't know why because he wasn't here. They won't talk. She said they won't talk about it. Yep. So Julia asked Dossie for a tour and he and Kit show her the island. They take her to the beach and this is where she learned... About how the islanders had to clear out all the mines and made the beach safe again. He makes a terrible joke about her blowing up. (laughs) (laughs) And she responds in the way that anybody would if someone made a terrible joke about you blowing up. And then Tony Tony does a pun in square and he's like, brown hair, brown hair, blonde kid, blue eyes. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to it. It was like in um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to it. No. That's how I knew Ned was going to get killed. So I I figured this guy's out of here. So she sees the fortresses the Germans built or had built to gun down anyone approaching the island. And he tells her about the slaves the Germans had to make them and how everyone on the island nearly starved. But the slaves definitely did starve to death. Mm. And and then Juliet asks him if he'll tell her why Elizabeth was sent away. And he says she helped someone and was arrested. And you get the scene where they're they're loading the... Slaves into build the uh, encampments or whatever, and the villagers are just handing them potatoes and they're taking them right and passing them back, Ooh. just so so they can eat something. It's terrible. Which raw potatoes can make you sick. Ugh. I don't think they really care. <laughs> I know, but but they were treated less than human. They were underhuman. It's bad, bad. Worse than animals. So uh, and the islanders did feel feel a lot of sympathy for the slaves. They were like, we had it bad, but they. <laughs> you thought we had it bad <laughs> so next Juliet goes to Isola and where she sells her ta- gin in town and she says she wants to buy from for some for her friend Sydney and Isola's like I knew you had someone in your heart and she's like mm. <laughs> she's like yeah I guess and uh, what was Sydney like and they they taste some gin and I'm assuming she makes a selection but we never see that <laughs> And she walks with Isla back to her house and asks her if she thinks Elizabeth is, uh, if the arrest of Elizabeth is why Amelia doesn't want the article written. And Isla's like, you have to understand that um, Elizabeth is like another daughter to Amelia. And she tells her the story about Amelia's daughter, Jane, and how she and Elizabeth were best friends growing up. And Elizabeth could have left in the evacuation because she's not from the island. But she didn't, and uh, she stayed because Jane was pregnant. And when the Germans did the air raid before they came, um, she went into labor and lost the baby and died. Mm. So uh, Isola was helping out at the hospital, and she saw them there. So uh, three days later, the Germans arrived and paraded through town, and Elizabeth ran into the parade and yelled at them. Shame on them for Poland, for France, for Guernsey. And Amelia was like, look, dude, calm yourself. I've lost two people already. I'm not losing another one. 
I thought for sure that she was going to get like snatched up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when I thought she got it was just a bunch of or Nazis. At and least she just slapped. Her shit. And I was like, are you crazy? Like, at least something. But And then the local police grab her and throw her to the, against the yeah. wall and stuff. And they have a big fight. Because the, in the beginning, the Germans were more friendly. They, mm. were, they were really trying this model thing. Like, we're. We we're here are, to help. Yeah, we're not against you. We're going to cohabitate with you. Yeah. Um, but just yeah. like those evil rebels doing Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm she doesn't wrong. get punished. <laughs> Amelia's like, she's fine, she's fine. I'm gonna take care of it. And uh, you know why we haven't seen any Ewoks in the new series? Just saying, because <laughs> the Death Star exploded and all the extra pieces of metal fell down on Endor and nope. melted them all. Because those good, um, those good rebels, the Resistance, killed them all. <laughs> they, all right. They occupied that planet and killed them all, the little bastards. Well, Ewok pelts warm. So anyway, <laughs> she <laughs> she ended up losing Elizabeth ultimately because the Germans have taken her. And she's like, I think it's just too painful for Amelia to talk about, and she, that's probably why she doesn't want the article. The war still goes on for her, and it will until Elizabeth comes home. So then Juliet goes to the newspaper and the archives and begins researching the occupation. Because now she's like, holy shit, I didn't have any idea what was going on in these islands. <laughs> I'm sure nobody did if all the communications and stuff were down. No. Which nobody maybe, probably ever did until. Okay, so this is the local Guernsey paper, uh-huh. and it's the got Guernsey all Gazette. these articles about the occupation. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, <laughs> the Nazis let the paper write fucking articles about the occupation. <laughs> no, say what now? No, they wouldn't do that. If there's if there are so many Nazis on the island, would you say it was three to one? And it's like they're probably going to read a paper now and again. It didn't seem, <laughs> and maybe I didn't look closely enough, but it didn't seem like Nazi propaganda. These articles seemed more factual than propaganda, and if the Nazis are going to let the Guernsey Gazette go on, it's going to be all propaganda from beginning to end. Like so it CNN. was really I mean, what? Yeah. Like some of the stuff she read was actually stuff that was happening on the island. I know it just was but really we also weird. Don't know how many of them? How many Germans spoke or read English and all that kind of stuff? It's true. I'm sure that they're, if they're having you occupy an English. Island, they're going to send not all, they're not all. Well, it's a model, it's a model occupation, so they probably could. Well, I would say most keep down from you know, like rising up. I feel like that the only reason they would is because it was the model occupation, but like occupied France, they don't care if they speak French, they do actually, because that's how you find out if the French are conspiring to overthrow you. You want to know the opposite language, it's like routine shit in war. They've been doing it since David. Oh man. Anyway, I, in one of the articles I read on one of the islands, and I can't remember which one it was, one of the things that people did in resistance was make a newspaper pamphlet thing that they dispersed only to islanders in secret. Yeah. But I don't think that would have been this. Yeah, that's maybe not, they would have weird. gotten... That's maybe not the Guernsey Gazette we're getting right now. Copies, like, I'm but. sure there's pictures and articles, and I'm sure that stuff exists, but it just seemed really weird that it wasn't more propaganda-oriented. It was jarring to me, which made which interested me. Is this a secret paper that they never published, published that somebody just made? Maybe. Well, we don't. Also, I mean, we don't get to see what it really says. I mean, it could be just saying, yeah, yeah the Nazis suck and they took us over, and the Nazis are like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's accurate. We, you know, we got but, them. Uh, also, we know do? that the Germans like to record everything, so yeah, they true. could have participated in. And maybe yeah. there were pages of propaganda yeah. with a, an occasional article about what was happening. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe they're maybe their officers are sending that back to uh, Der Führer to impress them. You know, look how good we're doing. They're writing articles about how great we're beating them, uh, yeah. Or, yeah. or whatever. It could happen. Who knows? Fucking Himmler. So. Uh, <laughs> She sees Amelia out the window and goes to talk to her, and she's like, look, I'm not writing about the society. I'm just interested in researching the occupation. 
And uh, she's like, also, but also, I lost my parents in the war. I know what it's like to not have a mother, and I want to help do what I can to find Elizabeth for Kit. And so Amelia tells her when she was arrested what her full name is, her birthday, you yeah. know, the information that she can use the with her contacts yeah. to try to find her. Because thank God she's dating a diplomat. Yeah. And good thing she treats him so well at the end. So she calls him. <laughs> And she's like, the war still goes on for these people. They need her to come home. They miss her. And he's like, I know something about missing somebody, and I want you to come home. <laughs> he's such a sweet man. Wow, that Mark. <laughs> <laughs> While we were watching it, I said, John hates Juliet. She, he hates Juliet. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> but also, while we were watching it, Tony thought Mark was doing a little territory marking peeing around Juliet everywhere she went. He was. She, she's going away on a little vacation. You proposed to her first. I know. I thought that was smart move by him. Make that big ass ring on that finger while she's running around with dirty pig farmers. <laughs> and then uh, when she calls him, he don't answer. She, she, we're like, why did you call her? I said, because his ass is on his way. <laughs> well, at one point, he sent her flowers. <laughs> yeah. Because he says, well, because it's after this, because he says, come home, we're having dinner with the wet, with the Kavanaugh's yeah. on Wednesday or whatever, be home by then. Yeah. And she says she'll... Best pop, efforts. Best efforts. She doesn't. Which means no. That means I'm not coming. Yeah. <laughs> so you know he hung up and he went, bitch! <laughs> Made me look bad in front of the Kavanaugh's? Not the Kavanaugh's. <laughs> I'm coming to get you. Foxy lady. Ooh. So she continues researching and calls Sydney to tell him how compelling she finds the story and how she's talking to lots of islanders and getting their stories along with the research from the archives. She's only really talking to the pig farmers. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what about the Times article? She's like, this isn't about the Times article anymore. And he's like, when are you coming home? When can I schedule this next date? And she's like, "Uh, uh, uh," and he's like, okay. (laughs) Like he gives in. I surrender. Tour canceled. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah, let's forego all that money. Write you're supposed something. To make. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spit on your fans who are expecting you, and, and and shit on all the money we took in. We got to give that back now. And don't worry about I it. Don't Have fun with the pig farmer. She's not getting He's paid. Not mad. He's not. <laughs> she's not getting paid until she shows up for those dates. They have a tour, but she like they didn't get money in advance. That's right. Maybe they didn't get money in advance, but now where they're not getting booked next time she make, writes a book, those places. Maybe. Because when you stand somebody up, they don't want to have you back. But here's the thing. If her book does well, they'll still have her back. Yeah, that's they love the business. <laughs> look, she's not talking over here. They Come want on. the publicity. <laughs> uh, so this is when she gets home and finds Sarah Flowers' remark that he misses her. And Charlotte comes in and she says, I see you with him and I worry. <laughs> I hear you typing away and I worry. <laughs> And uh, which again, from her point of view, mm-hmm. she may be right. You know, she's worried that they're filling her head with stories of Elizabeth's heroic kindness and virtue. She was no saint. She was no better than any of the other sluts who dropped their knickers for extra rations or cigarettes, Ooh. littering the island with their filthy half-German bastards. Mm. <laughs> Ouch! Sick <laughs> burn. <laughs> Which and then I said to John, "Oh, she was raped by a Nazi." <laughs> and guess what? I was like, "Are you sure?" It's possible. Well, sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong, but that's what I instantly thought because case, Elizabeth is wrong. such a saint. Then that's instantly what I thought. But this is a thing. 
uh, that women, I mean, it was five years, this occupation, and there were relationships that were... Uh, I'm sure, you know. Stockholm Syndrome. They were taboo, and the Germans weren't allowed, and the Islanders But it's that forbidden okay fruit. With it, you know what? It, it happened. It's that forbidden fruit is when you tell your kid, don't, you're not going to date that it's guy. It's not They're even that. Date. It's that. It's thing. not even that. Yes, it you're is. You're starving, you're cold, and you know that dude is attracted to you, and if you have sex with him, then maybe your mother, your father, your little you sister who's starving could eat. Or medicine that yeah. like that's a big give them motivator. a little nookie, you get a little cookie. Got it. However, to a lot of the islanders, this was worse than collaborating with the Germans. Like yeah. this, this was a hard limit <laughs> because you're now you're creating. Nazis. Well, it's still part of the. I mean, premarital sex is super frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like just with good people that you like and every like the dude you're gonna marry and everybody's happy about it but you can't have sex with them before you're married and that's just the time if you like it then you should but then ring on it. not only did you do that but you did it so you could have extra potato peel pie <laughs> you haven't had potato peel pie that shit is delicious <laughs> but, uh, but yeah it was it but it was so like there's so many <laughs> taboos there yeah and the hatred of the germans is so strong well, to be fair, they're a bunch of assholes. And it's not the Germans, it's the Nazis. Make sure mm-hmm. you, you specify. Well, they do spec- They do mm-hmm. differentiate. And uh, that's one of the issues with people thinking the Islanders collaborated with the Germans is because many of the Islanders over the course of time were able to distinguish between this guy's a Nazi, but this guy's just a German guy, and we like him. And he's because cool. Because <laughs> a lot of those German guys just happened to be born he in Germany. They were like, hey, either. guess what? You're in the army now. I don't want to be in the army. We're going to kill you. All right, army it is. You can see the difference between the and zealots. And people shoot at you. You shoot yes. back. Yes. The, the zealots and the true believers and, and the, the people, people that are just in their country's army and have no choice either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the islanders over the course of the occupation. This guy hated girls too. Learned. They, they figured out who was friend yeah. and who was not. And... Uh, and then he's a handsome young Nazi fellow. So Juliet is shocked. And Charles is like, I know they kept that from you. And then they raise that child in her absence. And Juliet goes to Isla and she's like, you are not going to believe what this bitch said. <laughs> she implied in the least polite way, the kid is German, half German, or part her German. And Isla's, we're all part something. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, kid's goose-stepping all around the pig farm. I'm like, no, that's, that's not later. funny. That's later. <laughs> That's not Uh, funny. I didn't laugh at that. (laughs) I was laughing at Carly. So, Juliet goes to Dossie, who says, Kit's four. She needs to be able to call somebody. Because she's like, why does she call you daddy? She has to call somebody She's very upset because she's in love with this man and doesn't want to think. And she's looking for hope that Kit is not actually his. That's what she's doing. He he tells her, yeah, Kit's not mine. Uh, Her father's name is Christian Hellman, and he is German. But not like Charlotte said, not a Nazi. A German. And uh, he was my friend, and he tells her the story of how they met, how he helped when they were birthing a milking cow, and Christian was a doctor, and he offered to help. And afterward, they walked together and came across Elizabeth riding on her bike. And the three of them went to Elizabeth's house, and he learned about how they had met at the hospital and fallen in love. And they were happy. He's like, I should have warned them to be more careful, but they were so happy. (laughs) And they were my friends. (laughs) So uh, now Juliet has more to research because now there's a whole other person. (laughs) And she she crosses out stuff (laughs) on her family tree that she's made. Yep. 
So she goes to a pub for dinner and Dossie arrives with the group that is working on the hotel roof. And he offers to buy her a drink and they talk about what they expected of one another based on the letters. He expected an, an older, large woman with thick glasses and a tweed skirt. And she didn't know what to expect other than he was a person that understood her that she didn't have to explain herself to. Smelled like pigs. <laughs> and he's like, that, how that many of out. these beers have you had? <laughs> and uh, I read in the trivia, those are the wrong beer glasses. I also read that. They didn't they have beer have glasses handles. like that? Yeah, beer glasses like that didn't exist until after 2000. Mm-hmm. So, that's something. Mm. <laughs> we did not pay attention. Mm-hmm. They should have been traditional pint glasses. Well, I guess they didn't, you know, the budget on this pie wasn't that much, so... On something like that, know. I wouldn't probably, care. But, well, that's true. We don't know, but I don't think what? they care much about the beer glasses. There's so <laughs> many historical things that they're trying to get right and details. They're probably not paying. It's just something that no they're one's like, paying attention. They're like, it's a cup. Like it's just, it didn't even. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think it was intentional or unintentional. It was just, mm-hmm. just one of those. There's nitpicky assholes like me. It was like wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not always an asshole. Oh, not always. <laughs> so sweet. Oh. Next, we cut to another book club meeting while Eli is reading. Kit, who is sleeping on Dossie's lap, drops her doll, and both Dossie and Juliet reach for it. Their hands touch, and they have what John calls a shared moment. (laughs) (laughs) And you do the fingers together, too. (laughs) (sighs) Amelia sees this, and afterward, when Juliet carries the tray into the kitchen, Amelia's like, he told you. She sees it all right. He told you, right? You know about Christian." She's like, a little, yeah. And she's like, I'll see everybody out. Put the kettle on. Mm. <laughs> We're going to talk. <laughs> Which is a nice moment where Amelia's like, all right, all right. Now it's time to get down to business. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> get us. Sit down and whistle and tell you a tale it is real bissel. She tells her the tale of how no. ashamed of herself she is. She's like, I was against him. He's a German. My husband died in the first war. My daughter died in the air raid. There's... I, Granddaughter. Like, these Germans are evil, and I hated him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Elizabeth brought him to a meeting, and she, Amelia begged her to end it. Don't put us through this. He killed Jane. He killed my husband. And she's like, Christian didn't kill anybody. Yes, he did. <laughs> He's a Nazi. And uh, Elizabeth said she wouldn't end it even if she wanted to. She couldn't because she has a baby growing inside her. <laughs> They hopped on the good foot and did the bad thing. <sighs> so, they shared uh, a passionate encounter. <laughs> <laughs> or just for you, DJ, he entered the premises. Oh, <laughs> they did the hibbity-dibbity. <laughs> so that night... <laughs> he occupied her space. Mm. That night, Christian was caught sneaking back into the camp, and they shipped him off the next day. His ship was torpedoed, <sighs> and he died. Mm. So Amelia got what she wanted. They never did see each other again. He didn't even know about Kit. So uh, she's ashamed. Every time I say Kit, I think of the car. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) She's ashamed of herself for not supporting Elizabeth and being there when she needed her and recognizing that Elizabeth wouldn't fall in love with an evil person. And she feels like it's all her fault. Mm. She has a lot of shame. She's also terrified they'll take Kit away. Yes. And Juliet's like, that's not going to happen. She's like, I've seen a lot of shit happen. (laughs) The thing is, I think Amelia's right. Like, if she published a book and talked about Elizabeth and her relationship with this um, German soldier and showed that there was a child, 
His parents might come for that baby. That's true. They like, might. they if might put, take her if away. she, like, used their real names and... Yeah, and, like, that's a she, thing that could happen if the right... If the wrong person or the right person read that and saw if that. It, if it became popular uh, mm-hmm. and by somebody that's becoming a popular writer. Or... Could. I mean, you could change all the names and stuff, but Or somebody still, like... Somebody like that Charlotte... The boarding house, yeah, lady. would talk. Oh, yeah, who could talk? Who might see his re- who might say, you know what, I'm gonna say, who might try to contact someone mm-hmm. to get this half German evil baby? Not the baby's not evil, <laughs> but that's how, but and so many people hated the Germans and the Nazis, and like somebody might do that just to spite these people, and people would want to come see this place. and well, Guernsey's famous for its slate, so... Like, I don't think it's... <laughs> Number one producer I mean, it's of billiards it seems un- be It seems unlikely, but not unreasonable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Especially with on the, streets. the loss <laughs> and the hurt and how much... Like, Evan, when he told the story about how they took the kids away and, like, how much it affected the island to have no children, mm-hmm. the thought that maybe somebody might take Kit is so, like... Yeah. It yeah. makes 100% sense. And... Juliet doesn't even register that this could be a problem. It was like in Freddy's Dead when they go to Elm Street and there's no children mm-hmm. because Freddy had killed them all. Yeah. Yeah, it was like that. I didn't see that movie. You didn't see that? <laughs> I'm sure Tony will pick it at some yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Eventually. So that when night. When runs out of vampires. <laughs> I was say, when I run out of vampire, <laughs> we'll circle back to Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So that night when Juliet goes back to her room, Charlotte is in there reading her stuff. And Charlotte thinks Juliet's soul is in mortal danger. And yeah. Juliet's like, uh, I think my privacy is in mortal danger, yeah. and I'm more concerned about that right now. And she packs up her shit, and she is out the door. She, throw, <laughs> she t- picks up the Bible and, like, pushes it into her chest and says, there's so much love in that book, and you use it only for judgment. It's such a good line. It is. And she's like, let us pray. And she's like, I pray you let go of me before I knock you down. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. That was good. So yeah, they uh, they she leaves. She's out the door. She will not stay in this woman's house another minute. And she goes to Isola's house, and Isola's like, "Yeah, come right in. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's share a bed and drink." I was like, "Oh, they're gonna have a bash." At first, I thought they were having no. tea, but no, they're having gin. <laughs> What's wrong with that? She can't have a passionate encounter with a woman? She can, but that's not what I thought they were just having a sleepover. They were having a sleepover. Yeah, I didn't think anything sexual was even potentially going to happen. Especially since Isla, Isla, I don't know. Isla. When she's buying the gin for Sydney. Isla, she's like, isn't this illegal? And Isla looks at the cat, like the police yeah, officer, and says he likes the gin. Yeah, I'm like, I thought she had a romance going with the police officer, but no, no. he just likes gin. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, Isla thinks Amelia is ashamed of hating all the Germans so much that she couldn't see that Christian was different. And she says Christian was a wonderful man, and all she knows about real life romance she learned from Elizabeth and Christian. <laughs> And then she wants to know all about Juliet's romance with Sydney. And she Juliet's like, Well, Sydney's my publisher, my oldest friend, but there's still a chance. Maybe if my name was George or Tom. <laughs> she likes boys' names? Yes. <laughs> he does. And she's like, Oh, and this was the fifties. Like that was like the forties. That was risky it's even the or the forties, yeah, yeah. That was risky even just to say that. Like in your bed alone in a not room. okay <laughs> to be gay someone popped up and went what well I don't know 
It's weird because it was okay to be gay like way long ago, but someone got uptight. Different. I don't know enough about British culture to know when it became acceptable. Like, is it still acceptable? Is it not? Like, Tony? we only really know American culture. On this? And I know that it was taboo for a long time in you all know about of British the culture than the rest of us. But mine's all Western countries, but no. I don't know <laughs> when it's what the sensibilities about I, Britain in the 40s was, is, or how they felt. My uh, knowledge of this day. comes from an episode of Called the Midwife, which I love. It takes place in the 50s. And they do storylines about real shit that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do a storyline about a guy who gets arrested for being gay. Yeah. Uh, because well, it was I, very much still illegal in yeah. the 50s. I can tell you that I've been, I guess I'm the last person in this room here, I've been to England this century. <laughs> Actually, yeah. No, the, well, it was, the, it was the, this century, it was, not it was last the, century. It was the beginning of it, so <laughs> it counts. <laughs> and I was there. And I could tell you that I was sitting there, and one guy said to me, he goes, I'm going to go burn a fag. Oh, you've and told the like, story before. <laughs> what? <laughs> he went to go smoke. So that's all information I have on, on gays and uh, British. That's a true story. Freaked me out. I know. Oh, and then I went man. and smoked with him. We were fun. He was a funny guy. So Juliet's like, nothing's going to happen to me in Sydney, but I am engaged. And I was like, ooh, I knew someone was in your heart. And uh, do you have a ring? Or maybe he's poor. That's fine. And she gets the ring on. She's like, oh, he's not poor. (laughs) (laughs) That is also fine. (laughs) And that is so much more laugh on. And then she wants to know if they've shared a passionate encounter. Isola never has. (laughs) Because she's not pretty on the outside. She's only pretty on the inside. Which? She's pretty. Which is... She's not unattractive. Yeah. I know, but... Especially if you have some gin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can get people loaded up. I'm sure she'll do fine. that That made me sad when she said that she wasn't... She was only pretty on the inside, and I was hurt for her. And she only cried again. Mm. I didn't cry again, but I was hurt for her because that's such a... It's such a low self-esteem woman kind of way to feel about yourself that it just made me hurt for her. And you got to think, maybe she didn't live on this tiny island. <laughs> That's well, true. Well, they're dating, you know. I'm, I'm, dating there's a very small not, pool of yeah. people like, she can date. Maybe if she came to visit in London. I know, in London. London she could meet someone <laughs> and have a passionate encounter. If only she knew a single pig farmer. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't want Unless her. he's not into Iceland. Why not? I think she's a little old for him. Also, um, he doesn't really yeah, my, strike me as the Lothario type guy. Yeah. He's just hanging out waiting for <laughs> these, these hot girls from the mainland to come if over. If they were into each other, they would have been married long before this. Yeah, that's true. Yes, but they also, they can't have a lot of options. <laughs> Hop on the good foot, man. Hibbity dibbity. Oh. So the next day, um, Dossie asked Juliet to take Kit home for him so he can help with the glass for the greenhouse. And uh, Juliet and Kit gallivant all over and play on their way to the house. And when they get there, Juliet um, goes into Dossie's house for the first time. And she seems like... Mm. <laughs> she seems uncomfortable going in there, but then soon becomes super creeper. <laughs> so Starts Kit's like... his underwear. Oh, Kit's like, come up to my room. And she shows her her treasure box where she's collected little trinkets. And she has a picture of her and her mom in there. Oh, Tony got a little... <laughs> is this where you got a little? I got a little when I saw the picture. Got a little bit <laughs> So then they fall asleep. And when Juliet wakes up, Kit's still asleep. And she goes to go downstairs and sees Dossie's room. 
and goes inside. <laughs> I thought she was going to smell his pillow. <laughs> I it's thought she was going to go creeper level. Max. Well, more like, or like a sweater on the back of a chair because she loves this man at this point. Smells so like I thought she was going to do <laughs> like when... You know, she's like, oh, oh, when you miss somebody, <laughs> I'm going back to London. When you miss somebody and like their sweatshirt smells yes, like them yes. or something like that, or like when John is uh, works um, nights, midnights, I'll sleep with his pillows because they smell like him, and I don't smell like pig shit. <laughs> yes, but I thought for sure she was gonna smell like his pillow. Which or, probably smells or like, like a sweater. Shit. <laughs> but she, she shouldn't have been in that room at all. Get out. <laughs> she just sees the books on its nightstand and picks up. She sees the Charles Lamb. As soon as up. she went in there, I was like, he's got to be behind her. Yeah. Yeah, we all knew that was going to happen. So she picks up the Charles Lamb and sees it's her old copy. And flipping through, he has the letters that she sent to him in the book. You can't really tell. It wasn't until I watched it like three times and I paused on it and looked at it those are the letters from her at first I'm like what's in the book <laughs> I just assumed there was letters in the book they were just her letters I did not I had to watch they it they should later. have set it up earlier in the movie but they didn't they didn't show them well they show that blue paper later yeah. in the movie so. yeah the blue paper yeah I don't remember it being blue yeah. the first couple letters but at the end we see that it is blue, blue. Paper, yeah. yeah yeah so uh so then he arrives home and sees her in his room and she doesn't like she doesn't say anything about why she's in there at all he doesn't either and no. i'm like i think they're gonna have a passionate encounter oh. <laughs> tony did too <laughs> if this were a romance novel there would have been the passionate encounter <laughs> yeah that would have been okay for lots of reasons yeah isn't she already betrothed this is a chaste romance mm-hmm. which is fine but and also you know what this romance smells like pig shit uh, <laughs> we don't know but anyway, no, she, sure she talks to him about the book, and it looks like maybe they're going to kiss, but she leaves. But she freaks out and leaves. She says, kids asleep, and she's out the door. <laughs> Which, you know what, is also a valid way to react, because here well, I am engaged. in this man's, <laughs> I'm in this man's bedroom who I'm in love with, but I'm engaged to someone else. What am I doing? Yeah. So she's, she's like, I'm getting out of here. That's what I'm doing. When she gets back to town, um, Eli tells her there's a call for her at the post office, and it's Mark. And she goes there, but he's not on the phone anymore, and now he's not answering. And on the way out, she asks Evan about the man outside, who she noticed being kind of unwelcome around town. And this is the man Dossie attacked. She found out earlier that Dossie had attacked a man. This is the man who informed on Elizabeth, among others. He made money during the war, but he's paying the price now because nobody wants anything to do with him. (laughs) There's sort of a solidarity among the islanders. So, fuck this guy. He <laughs> informed on some of the islanders. We still haven't quite heard the whole story of why Elizabeth was arrested. But once we do, it doesn't make sense that she was informed upon. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how would this guy have knowledge of what she did? People saw. <laughs> it's a small island. Everybody's in each other's business. We'll See, get I sewed that up for you, and you don't it's like not, my answer. It's not. You, we're do, you put just want it to not make sense. I gave you a perfectly logical reason, and you don't want right. to accept it, because th- well, that is what would have happened. We'll keep going. When we get there, I'll bring it back. So the next time Juliet talks to Dossie, she wants to know why he has Kit. He tells her that he has Kit because Elizabeth left Kit with him. And she showed up the night she was arrested. She found a slave boy who was sick and hungry and was going to go help him. She was going to go to the hospital and get supplies, and he tried to talk her out of it, but she insisted that she would go. 
She was caught and arrested. The boy was shot on the side of the road. But she left Kit with him, and that's why he has Kit. She trusted him to take care of Kit. Because he's the type of guy that would give you his last piece of bread. Mm-hmm. Just because you asked. But, so, he's outside when he hears the gunshot. So, she, her, she was obviously caught as soon as she left his house. Mm-hmm. So, if she didn't make it to the hospital to get supplies to help the slave boy, how would this guy know what was happening to inform on her? That's sure. what I want to know. The only thing I can think of is that he saw her with the slave boy and it tipped just, them off. It just doesn't make sense. dead slave boy the next day or something, maybe. People talk. Really well, like, if, she, if when she found the slave boy, he was nearby and, like, overheard it or saw something. her. And then told the Germans, hey, she's got one of the slaves and she's trying to help him. Well, you know, that's what like, I'm saying. Like, maybe, the next day, they're like, make... where the hell is she at? Oh, she's arrested. Oh, and there's a dead guy next to the side. Because you know, his story makes it sound like they found her with the boy. They shot the boy and arrested her. That's what his story makes it sound like. And it makes it sound like it happened as soon as she left his house because he's outside and hears the gunshot. It's one of those things. Like, the time. Yeah. It's because you can't it's, feel the time uh, in this movie. Yeah. It just didn't make you sense to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but also, maybe. Feel like it, they didn't need to have this guy that informed okay. on her because it doesn't make sense. But mm-hmm. maybe also, after they arrested her, he went and told them more stuff. About maybe. Her. Maybe. Um, we don't know. People anyway, we don't possibly. know. Um, so, um, Dossie says he feels like it's his fault because he didn't keep her there. Nailed he, to the floor. Yeah, he's like, I shouldn't have let her go. And Julia's like, look, it's not fair to you, to Kit, that she made this decision and everybody changed feels everybody's like it's their lives. Fault. Yeah. But she's going to do what she's going to do. And he's like, but I love Kit. And she's like, do you love Elizabeth? And again, it looks like they might do some kissy times. But some no. kissy times. <laughs> they might have a passionate but just, encounter. just in the nick of time, Walmart. the postcard rolls up with Mark on it. Oh, Tony's hi, Mark. Like, called it. You could have smelled them yeah. fumes. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's, he's like, what the, are you doing here? And he's dressed yeah, to the nines, and the first thing he does is look for that rock. Look, like, bitch. Yeah. You see that this man works in intelligence because he can spot what is happening here. <laughs> Where's my rock? You were too close to that guy. Yeah. Hanging out with the pigs, are you? <laughs> he's like, I wanted to see what was so appealing about this island. I think I have an idea now. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, wow, I'm so busted. He's like, ask me that again, I'm going to feel unwelcome. (laughs) I missed you. Isn't that a good enough reason? Of course it is. Of course it is. So yeah, he but I was her. trying to get down with if the pig I didn't farmer. come get your ass, you were never coming home. He's like, uh, this island doesn't have a good florist, so I brought you flowers from London. And uh, Evan and Eli are there, and um, Eli has to bring the flowers over, and they all <laughs> look like just struck by this like the fuck is happening because she hasn't told any of them yeah (laughs) yeah she's yeah and they're all thinking she's like becoming a part of their group and and no no she has this whole other life they don't know anything about Mm. she doesn't like i don't even think they know that she's this the writer of the izzy books i don't think they've ever seen the izzy books but yeah like they have no idea that she's actually kind of a famous author and has a very popular book and has money like she didn't really tell them about her life other than what happened with her parents yeah and that she wrote the Anne book 
Like, and that she was going to write she, an article. Yeah. <laughs> well, because well, she wouldn't tell them because she is Just uncomfortable. Shit, I mean, <laughs> she's uncomfortable with her wealth and yeah. status. Yeah. So she probably didn't tell them. She's Survivor's like, I'm a writer, whatever. She feels I'm like not. she fits in with them and that yeah. would set her apart from them. So uh, he wants a private tour. So she shows him. She's like, "Over there is where Isla lives." So this is this is, this is his bedroom. This is his pillow. This is, this is the book. <laughs> you know, all the important stuff. All he wants to know, all Mark wants to know, is where's the ring and why isn't she wearing it? Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't cheap, I bet. So she's like, "I was afraid of losing it." He's like, "Did you lose it?" She's like, "No, I'm afraid of losing it. It's got to be." A whole lot of money. And to tell the truth, I feel like I'd be lording around like I have a great gold crown on my head with these people. It doesn't fit in around here. He's like, or maybe it doesn't fit in on pink farms. <laughs> exactly. She's <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> not feels, wrong. She feels like her good fortune is too conspicuous on Guernsey. And he thinks that has something to do with Dozzy and asks if she has changed her mind and wants to tell him anything. She says no. And she's like, do you want to take it back? And he's like, no, I just want it on your hand. And uh, I they, just want it where I put it, yep. which, is, <laughs> which is what a good fellow would say. <laughs> he does give her ample opportunity to call everything off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a good man. Then he gives a her dresser. what he found out about Elizabeth. And then we cut to them telling the group that Elizabeth was sent to a camp in Germany where she was shot. She took a stick from the guard who was beating a girl and hit him with it. There are witnesses. The girl was spared, but Elizabeth was killed instead. And uh, Dossie gets up to tell Kit. They're like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to tell her. And they're like, now? <laughs> said, Why wait? Yeah. <laughs> and that's when Tony started crying. <laughs> and uh, Amelia says she'll do it if he wants. And he says, no, he'll do it. And uh, I'm crying too. Eli gives him the medal for courage that she gave him before the evacuation so he can give it to Kit. And Amelia watches through the window and breaks down as he tells her. And Isla's like, she's only four. What can she understand? And Amelia's like, I don't understand shit. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, I'm older than time and I don't understand any of this. And she breaks down and Juliet wants to go to her, but Mark holds her back and says, it's time to go. We don't belong here. And uh, Juliet packs up and talks to Isla about how she has to get back to her book tour. She can't put it off forever. Isla says it's going to be lonely now that she's going to go back to being by herself. And it's so sad to lose a friend when you don't have many. And that's when Tony and I were like, they can still be friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, she's rich. She can pop she back can, on this island. Come to London. Come visit me yeah. in London. Come stay with me in London. That's Please come said. to London. Mark's going to, Mark's an officer or whatever the hell he is. And he's going to be going away. They can all come, you know, like, some of them can stay with her. You bring a suitcase full of gin just and I'll bring, take care of everything else. No, just don't, <laughs> just don't bring the dreamy pig farmer. <laughs> don't bring the dreamy no, pig, pig. Pig farmer's allowed. Oh. So the next time we see them, the plane is pulling up, and everyone sees them off. And uh, she says her goodbyes. Kit tries to give her a barrette that she was like, this is yours. And she's like, I'd like you to keep it. So I'm like, was she wearing it at one point and gave it to her? I yeah, that, that's a deleted scene that we didn't get. <laughs> maybe she dropped it. Because I was worried it, about the like, wait, what? See, it would be good if... There would, if you could see her like playing with it when she's reading to Kit or something yeah. like something, that. Yeah, but um, she wants to continue corresponding with Dossie, and he says yes. She's like, "We're gonna still write each other." He's like, "Of course we will." That's a lie. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> I'm writing to you. 
I said that too. Yeah. Like, Carly um, said, of course you will. He was like, yeah, we will. Yeah, no. He was like, sure, of course we'll correspond. I'm not answering your letters. I love you. It's too painful. No, I'm saying Mark's going to keep his eyes peeled. Well, that fucking time. Mark gonna, will be, he will be checking the mail. mail and setting those on yeah. fire. And, and he telling will, his servants, uh, you bring me the mail. Thank you. Well, there's any fucking blue letters in there. Well, and they have to be taken form. somewhere you for smell Frankie. smell all of the letters. One smells like big shit comes to me. With a swan, we're no. revisiting that fucking He might island. even take the outgoing mail. Because like, a lot of times you, you can't can, write him yeah. either. Well, a lot of times you would have to have the mail franked. Uh-huh. You know, like, I'll take this to the post office on my way to work, dear. Yeah. Yeah. In the trash it goes. So, uh, she gets on the plane. Mark straps her in. It's a military plane. Yeah. We cut to at her her at home because Tony's like, damn, he does have money. He's got the. I said, well, he's he's affiliated with the military. It's a military place. Some kind of attaché or diplomat <laughs> or spy or who knows. When he buckled her in, though, I thought there was going to be more of a kind of a tender moment. But no. Well, he's not in a good mood. I know, but still, <laughs> she left with him. Yeah. But she's looking out the window, and then she looks at her ring, and we cut to her at home. Just kind of fiddling with the ring and looking Being depressed. Looking depressed. Yeah. Um, Sydney comes to see her and Mrs. Burns is like, I'm so worried about her. I hope you can help her. The not typing is worse than the typing ever was. She's not eating. She's not working. And Sydney's like, uh, you have to write about them. And she's like, I can't. He's like, even if you don't do anything with it, you have to write it or you're never going to feel better. And uh, she's like, what if I'm not a good enough writer? And he's like, you want people to take you seriously, you got to take yourself seriously. <laughs> and this is when the paperwork weight comes back. He's like, I've seen you reach for the things you want. And he puts it in her hand. I know you can do it. I believe in you. And you should believe in you too. Like, you're a better writer than you think you are. And next we see Juliet all dressed up. I like this dress better than the yellow one. <laughs> the yellow one, though. It's a little less flashy. Mm. I don't do the flashy so much. But uh, if Elaine and I went out, she'd be more likely to be in the flashy one, and I'm in the... (laughs) Okay. I did enjoy her gloves. Oh, oh man, I love the gloves. (laughs) So it's a swanky bar. He pours her some champagne and toasts to them. She apologizes and gives him back the ring. He's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And And he's like... Was my mistake bringing you back too quickly or letting you go at all? And letting you go at all. Yep. <sighs> she was looking for a way out. And she's like, I think I would have gotten here eventually, even if I hadn't gone anywhere. Which I think so, too. I do, too. Because she was happy, like you said, when she was with him. But in his world, without him right yeah. next to her, she was You didn't wasn't. know there was more outside of that world. So then he says, F this, I'm mobile. And oh. grabs a fucking bottle of champagne. champagne. I was like, <laughs> I was like, he took the champagne. He took the champagne. <laughs> Yep. He's like, and she's like, you deserve better. He's like, oh yeah, I do. <laughs> and he and gets I said, up. somebody's getting late tonight. <laughs> he gets up and leaves, and she's like, goodbye, Mark. And he comes back. I did like that he came back and kissed her on the head as he grabbed the bottle yeah. <laughs> and said, goodbye, Julian. <laughs> pretty, pretty smooth move. Yeah. And then he went and found yeah. somebody else. Yeah. And Tony goes, he's getting drunk and late tonight. <laughs> Fact. And then. Uh, he was Back so upset home. that he went and slept with Sydney. Just a, just a spider. Oh, <laughs> I don't just think Sydney would have. <laughs> oh, he's dreamy. I'm sure. I'm sure. Sydney doesn't like that dude. <laughs> no. I don't 
don't think Sydney didn't like Mark. Sydney knew Sydney didn't, didn't like, like Mark, Mark for her. her. Oh, Sydney liked true. Mark for him. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But Sydney <laughs> didn't think she should be with Mark. Sydney is definitely much more comfortable in the world that. Uh, uh-huh. It's the uniform. There you go. <laughs> Ladies do like a man in uniform. <laughs> so back at home, Julia clears all the flowers out of her room. And puts them all in the hallway <laughs> and then starts typing. Which, if I'm your landlady, that's annoying. But I will say the landlady looked thrilled, though, because she hears the clickety-clack. She did, because... And she's like, oh, whew, all is right in the world. Because she, she goes up, she runs upstairs alongside it, and then the whole hallway is just filled with... Flowers. And she goes, your rent's due, motherfucker. <laughs> well, she, you know, she probably would have paid her extra. She seems like a crotchety old bitty. She seems... Whatever, anyway. she's, Seems like a crotchety old bitty, but really she cares about her dad. Yes, she does. But, uh, so she, we see this little montage of her just typing day and night, day and night, getting stiff by the typewriter, trying really hard to read it, and editing, and she writes for days, and then she presents Sydney with a copy of the manuscript titled The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. You can't publish it. But she wanted him to have a copy. Just for him. It's a gift. And she's like, and I promise, I'm going to write at least one more book for you. <laughs> yeah, she says she'll write him more books. Like, she feels now the floodgates have been opened. The doing has made her hungry for more. And, uh, and he's like, well, that makes me happy. And thanks. <laughs> he's her friend, so he's probably... Interesting. Yeah, pity read it. It. I mean, if Stephen King or whatever your favorite author is wrote you a book, you know, <laughs> even if your friends were like, cool. I mean, I don't think she wrote it for him, no, but, but he encouraged yeah. her to write it. And yeah. this is, I did it. And you're the only one that gets to read it. You this can't cool. publish yeah. it, but I did it. And uh, this is for you. So uh, but she gives a copy to uh, big does. people, too. Though. Yeah. She makes two copies. <laughs> so she wrote she another one. She types out you two bet. copies of that. <laughs> or she, ran, she made a copy. I think it must be some charming ass pig, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be some divine swine. It wasn't just that easy to make a copy, though. No, that's oh, what I'm saying. That's she had to hand type another. She had to hand copy? type another copy. Maybe Holy she had shit. carbon copies. I don't know. She went to Kinkos. <laughs> Stop pulling that thread. <laughs> that's the point. There was no Kinkos. Yeah, that is the point. Either way, yeah, she worked her ass off and uh, she made two copies. <laughs> her hands would be fucking. So she asked, she's like, I have a business question. And he's like, oh, all right. I got, I got business answers. <laughs> Do I have a little money left? He's like, oh, no, you got a lot of money. <laughs> she's like, I'm interested in buying a property, but I need to check and see if it's still available and if they'll have me. Yeah, that property, uh-huh. She wants to buy his... his um she wants to buy Elizabeth's Hallie Wacker. house. Multiple she wants to times buy in the movie, house. she's felt like drawn to Elizabeth's house. Walked by it, looked mm, at it. Yeah. Actually, when she went home that night and found Charlotte in her room, like they cut from her looking at the house to her like sneaking with a candle. I thought she might have gone in. I Elizabeth's did house. too. I thought she broke in the house. <laughs> I did too. No, that but, was the last movie that. Um, what was the one with the, the thing in here? The wolf. The wolf man. Wolf man. Yeah, you could you. tell she was interested in that house. That was just sneaking around with the candle. Yep. So as soon as she said she wanted to buy a property, I knew it was Elizabeth's house. Me too. Yeah, of course. Um, so, <laughs> so he's like, uh, anybody would be happy to have you. And if you ever need me to give you away, I'm still available. Oh. And next we see Eli sorting the mail. He finds a package addressed to the society from Juliet. And once everyone's assembled, Dossie opens it. She includes a letter apologizing for breaking her promise about not writing about them. <laughs> she knows they trusted her and she betrayed them, but she won't publish the enclosed manuscript. It's theirs to do with what they like. 
She Damn. says she feels like she's been searching for the old familiar faces Charles Lamb wrote about. And for some reason, she recognizes them as what she's been looking for. And she feels like they're her family. And she thanks them for sharing their story with her and for sharing Elizabeth. And uh, she feels like her life has been changed by this experience. And after reading the letter, they pass around the first couple pages with the title and the dedication for Kit. And Kit asks Dossie to read it to her, and he says he will someday. In the meantime, who's going to look after Kit while Dossie goes to London? Because he's going to find Juliet. And then they look in the book, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, one of two? What the fuck? <laughs> I like the part where Amelia goes... In, she takes Kit to go in the kitchen to make some, some cake for when they get back from London. And Isla's like, aren't you going to read it? And she's like, I don't want everyone to see me cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read it later. I like how um, Evan's like, you go get her. Don't let her marry him. And he's like, I don't think he's going to marry him. How do you know? She just told us. And he picks up the letter. He's like, where did she say that? <laughs> <laughs> But he, no, he takes off his tie though. Yeah, and he gives him yeah. his in the tie. <laughs> Wait, why is he giving him his tie? He can't try to get out a tie. Probably not. <sighs> so, uh, Dossie arrives in London just as Juliet is leaving to go to Guernsey. She sees him and runs back off the boat to And meet this him. part is, as John would say, amazing. Amazing. This is amazing. What yes. coincidence? Of all the boats, of all the, boats, <laughs> of all the world. These you two know, the my thing was, why did you why did you leave? Why don't you just stay up on that thing and yell at him? Because he was right there yeah. looking around. Well, he She's couldn't like, hear her. John's like, why can't he, he hear her? He turned around, though. I know. But uh, I've seen it or read it where, like, she would have ended up in Guernsey and he would have ended up in London. And somehow I mean, they realized it's, it's, that they're in different it's places. It's not a real problem. <laughs> either way, they were going to find yeah. each other. This, they just made it happen here. She just sent her a text. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a thing yet. All right. Then, then facts. <laughs> just roll so, up a piece of paper, uh, throw it at him. Yeah. He hear, he eventually hears their yelling, and they're a little awkward when they come up to each other. They, like, ran toward each other, and they're like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, what are you doing here? And he's like, I came to find you. I wrote you a letter on the boat because I wanted to get it all down, all the stuff I should have said long ago. And... Uh, she says she was coming to find him, and before he can say anything else, she asks if he would like to marry her. She's in love like, with him. What? And I was like, oh, oh! <laughs> and then they had, like, the worst kiss ever. I was, oh, my God, that kiss. <laughs> Seen some bad kisses like, on this podcast. Those two actors don't like That's each other. That's terrible. John goes, I wonder if his wife was on set. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the kind of kiss where he's trying not, he's yeah. trying not to kiss her. It was weird. Oh, man. But I was That's kind so of, funny. I thought it was fun that she asked him to marry her, especially because in the scene earlier when she's talking about Anne Bronte and how much she did for equality for women mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And all this comments she makes about Mark doesn't let her or yeah. should he have let yeah. her. You can tell that she's a problem with that. Yeah, you know what would have been better is if he was like, where's my ring? <laughs> <laughs> Because now she's like, will you marry me? Where's my ring? You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> this was your idea. You get the ring. So next we cut to him reading Charles Lamb's Shakespeare for children to Kit. And Juliet comes out of Elizabeth's old house and curls up next to him on the blanket and he kisses her hand and we see that they both have wedding rings on. And assume they got married to each other. And I was like, come on, no pat on the belly. Tony wanted her to be pregnant. I was like, <laughs> let's do this year later thing. Uh, the Fuhrer girl has longer hair. And then she pats her, her belly a little bit. What's her name? Kit. Okay. Kit. Heidi. <laughs> Uh, they keep it together, okay? 
And we and don't get an after credit scene, but we do get to listen to the book club meeting highlights. Which yeah. was kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. Important of being right. All right. All right, John, go ahead. August Lay it on us. Yeah, that's great. Because you look like you were going to talk whether I like it or not. <laughs> My favorite character is Mark. Because he's a stand-up fella and the rest of them are not. Um, my least favorite character is Juliet. Because she first interjects herself in, into someone else's little private society. Mm-hmm. Then interjects herself into this little neighborhood. The island, if you will. Then forgets that she got engaged. <laughs> then keeps blowing off her fiancé. Then she's blowing off her publisher. <laughs> the and whole movie. Blowing. I knew John hated her. I mean, the whole movie. <laughs> she just is like... Like, this is not a good... This is not the kind of person you want in your life. She is so self-centered, it is just terrible. I think it's a... I think it's... Um, she's in love with the idea of this world. Yeah. And it's like, you're not going to fit in there. You yeah. know, you can't have a rich, rich, rich person just move into this little yeah. farm. Yeah. Uh, she's in this change now, and, and it's not going to work. The dress that she's wearing in the final scene is so pretty and nice. That is not the dress of a pig farmer's wife. Yeah. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. But it's I not mean, the cup of a carpenter. No. They moved to Elizabeth's house, <laughs> presumably. Yeah, that's true. Is he still a pig farmer? I'm sure she's he is. rich. My, yeah, doesn't have to be. It well, reminds me of the know. end scene of Notting Hill. I love how they're in the middle of my <laughs> when, <laughs> no, like the end where she's pregnant and they're sitting on the bench and they've moved into that that neighborhood, <laughs> the, the rich the neighborhood, private, and yeah. he's living off her money. Yeah. It reminded me of that so much. All right, well, continue. I didn't mention that dress or anything at all. I'm glad that you decided to just jump right in. It's so good. Wait, I, your turn, okay? Sorry, what's your, we what's your favorite line? I, oh, my favorite line <laughs> is, I pray that you let me go before I knock you down. Mm. It was a good one. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene is when Mark, well, pretty much all of the Mark stuff, when he like shows up <laughs> and takes charge, he's like, bitch, get your shit, let's go. And then when... <laughs> they, that's your favorite? And then when, <laughs> that's my favorite line. Oh man! <laughs> then, your shit, let's it go. was surprising and, to hear Mark talk that way. He's it's time. either that or when Mark, you know, they break up. And Mark leaves and comes back, gives her a kiss, and grabs the champagne and rolls. I liked that. That was pretty ball. I like, did like that you came back. And he's like, oh, and that's mine, by the way. Uh, there you go. And my favorite tertiary object is the tie that he has to put on before he can leave. <laughs> because it was so important. He's like, wait, wait, put this on. And he's like, okay, yeah, I got to put the tie on. Because who doesn't love a tie? Either that or Mark's pimp suit that he showed up in on the island. That blue one. The three-piece. That thing was, yeah. That's my favorite yeah, yeah, because I think Yeah, he had to project. Yeah, he was hitting on all cylinders on that one. So I'm going to go with the suit. Yeah, the suit. All right. And I'm going to um, nay this. No, I'm going to nay may bay. It's like a strong... Is it a nay or a may bay? I haven't decided yet. Or a may nay. <laughs> Should we come back to you? Is it a nay, nay bay? Can we have a nay nope. yay and a nay bay? Should we come back to you after everybody else? I'm going to give it a nay. I'm, I'm a nay. And I'd like to, to yay because it, it has some redeeming qualities other than, you know, she's a terrible main character. <laughs> And it portrays Nazis as assholes, which I always enjoy that because, you know, Nazis are assholes. I'm glad you went that way with that. <laughs> I don't like it because he's an asshole. And the way they treat Nazis is actually correct. Okay, okay. <laughs> because anytime well, you're learning a lot about John today. <laughs> anytime you're shit on the Nazis, I'm on board. Okay, oh, good. This is a nay. Are we sure? Yeah, it's a nay. All right. I finished writing your name. It's canon now. Oh, it's canon. All right, Tony. All right, what is this now? Jake Gyllenhaal's Potato Peel Farm? All right. Yes, it is. My no, favorite character was Amelia. 
Least favorite character, the editor again, because it's two hours and four minutes. <laughs> you can completely cut these fucking minutes so, out. I went to the bathroom and I'm like, this movie is so long. And in my head, I'm like, I wonder if Tony's going to bring that up. Yes, <laughs> Tony's always going to bring this up. I brought it up to Tony before we watched it. I said, just so you know, after your two hour and one minute rant, this movie is two hours and four minutes. And we it because it's two hours. And we watch it and we're, and we're watching it and he's like, and he walks up to the country's house. And I was like, Okay, we know he walked to the country house. He didn't teleport. We cut all this out. And then he walks to this other part of the house. I'm like, yeah, we know he walked there too. We can cut all this out. There's a lot of her walking in the yeah. fucking dark. Okay, this is four minutes we can cut out of this motherfucker to make it a crisp two, min- two hours. But anyway. So the editor gets two. Favorite scene is... Um, I liked when uh, Elizabeth stormed the Nazis in the parade. That kind of was like, that was like uh-huh. one of the only tense moments for me in this whole movie. I was yeah, like, that was oh, something. she's going to get executed. Yeah, but then, so. you know, yeah. I, did, I, I keep forgetting that they're trying to be nice Nazis. Yeah. You don't get to see that a lot. My <laughs> um, <laughs> favorite line is, uh, have you always wanted to be a writer? She says, always, yes. It's the perfect job, sitting indoors, always near a teapot. Mm-hmm. And my favorite tertiary object is the typewriter, because I like typewriters, even yep. though they're really loud. And, and what are you gonna do? Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> you hate watch this. <laughs> I may be it because uh, it is a it's a good story. It's and you just, have to go home with Carly. So. <laughs> there's that. Uh, it's a good story. It's just really predictable. But I did get a little feels in it, and you know there was a couple of cool little scenes. But it's just it's just I wish like it, what Elaine said. I wish there was a couple of little like a, a twist or something at the end would have been really cool. It kind of goes exactly where you expect it to, you know. Mm-hmm. He was calling out scenes as we cut. I was like, this he was is like, oh, this is this where we go. This is where we go. This is going to happen. It's, it was this just, it was happen. a romantic movie by the numbers. Yeah. Well, that's my, I mean, my genre, drama, romance. You ever this play Mad it. Libs? This it was is like my Mad genre. Libs. <laughs> it's like, give me a woman's name. All right, Juliet. Like, oh, there's a little kid. Mom's dead. Um, <laughs> everyone hates, oh, married German. Okay. Next. All right, Elaine. What do you think? Okay. So, my favorite character is Eben. The old post, the post office guy. Cool guy. With the cool tie. With the cool tie. I just, I really liked him the whole time. He's my favorite character. Every too. scene he was in, I was just like, more Evan. <laughs> my least favorite character is Elizabeth. Mm. I really dislike these kind of characters in movies that just, I'm gonna, have the selfless character. She, I feel like. And there are really people like this in the world, and more power mm. to them. But she had responsibilities. She was shot in a concentration camp. She knew she had a daughter that she should try to live for. And instead, she she gave her life away for another person, which is selfless and wonderful. And, I mean, it's not like that makes you a bad person. But at the same time, you have a child. You don't get to make those decisions. It really bothered me how many times... They praise her for doing things that hurt the people around her. Mm-hmm. And She's I just also very self-centered. And I feel like there are people that are like this, but it's a more balanced. You, there's a balance of selfish and selfless, mm-hmm. selfless that makes a really good person. And so the fact that she was so totally selfless, especially the fact that she had a child and she knew this child didn't have any family or a father, like it really upset me especially since they all just love her 
And I will say, if you'll let me interject, there were stories that I read in my other research about it. People did hide away slaves that they found and Jews that didn't get evacuated to help them. If they got caught, they were killed. But there are people that had people like living in their basements. She didn't have to go out that night to get supplies. She could have just found him a safe place to sleep for the night and tomorrow Mm. gone and gotten supplies. A little brass and a little. You know, like, yeah, it was just like she didn't. Think it all through and with her responsibilities, and I agree with you. But it's like it's like with Schindler's List. There were people that were doing these wonderful things during World War II, and she's it just the kind of character bothers me in fiction. All right, got it. All right, so my uh, favorite scene is the breakup. I had a different favorite scene, and then this scene happened, and I was like, oh no, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. And my favorite line is from that scene. Because she says, you deserve better. And he says, better than I got, that's for sure. Mm. And she says, and you will find it. And he says, but not at this table. And he gets up. And I was like, oh, my God. And then he came back and took the champion. I was like, oh, but the but not at this table line is my favorite line in this whole movie. I was like, oh, my God, Mark, you're killing it. See, Mark's a fucking boss. Uh, my favorite tertiary object is the yellow dress. Mm-hmm. I just really liked it. Um, I don't, I wasn't in the mood to watch this movie when we watched it. So she just woke up. I had, I had just woke up. Like I had 20 minutes of coffee and then we walked it. And the beginning of this movie, I was so bored and didn't care. But by the, but I got into it. There were parts where I was crying. There were characters I liked. I'm giving this a maybe. I feel like if you're in the mood for something like this, then it's a good one to watch. If you're not in the mood for this, don't watch this. Right. It's so long. Yeah, it's wow. definitely not bad. It's, it's just, just so long. You gotta be in the mood. Like, it's a... Okay. Got it it picks up towards the end, though. Stop shitting on our movie. Go my, ahead, I, just, <laughs> I knew that there was going to be some shit. <laughs> you guys shit on my movies all the time. I See our episode on Kroll. <laughs> Which was oh, almost oh. as long. <laughs> Three minutes. Short. Yeah, longer than crawl. Crawl was shorter than this. <laughs> Three Johnny Dangerously was shorter than all those. Crawl was only uh, sinning by one minute. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what else was shorter than this? Our episode on crawl. <laughs> <laughs> you know it was not a long movie? Holly Davis and the Marble Man. And it, oh, it flies by. Okay, so all right. Good. Let her say her thing. So we all can... right. My favorite character, also Evan. I thought about Amelia, though. Like they were they were neck and neck. I liked Amelia. Because Amelia is acting her ass off in this movie. Yeah. She has She's the great. most acting to do. She reminds me but of But I just loved Evan. <laughs> <laughs> Evan was great. I also... Isla. Almost. Oh, yeah. I liked All her, right. too. Least I know you character. guys didn't. My least favorite character is also Elizabeth. For very much the same Really? Reason. Like, if she had just thought, stopped and thought about what she was going to do... She probably would have been fine. <laughs> she was not uh, John McClane. But no. she made all these decisions to help people that hurt everybody that loved her. Yeah. Um, my favorite line was during the credits when she says, is it too much to ask for something to happen? It's what's going in inside the people, the psychology of the people. <laughs> because I feel like that happens a lot with my movies. And you guys are like, nothing happens. I'm like, no, nothing's supposed to happen. <laughs> talking about the person's struggle that's what the drama is <laughs> and romance uh, my favorite scene is when the book club reads the letter at the end and then he's gonna go get her mm-hmm. and he gets the tie from Eben and they go to make the cakes and it's just sweet 
And my favorite tertiary object was the paperweight or Dossie's scruff, because everybody knows I like me some scruff. <laughs> and he's scruffy the whole movie. Yeah, he is. <clears throat> I like it. And you're going to yay it? I'm going to yay it. I really like this movie. I've seen it three times now. <laughs> And this is it's fairly new. It's a fairly happy. new. This came out in 2018, so you've watched it three times already. Yeah, I feel like I would watch it again. <laughs> She's averaging, you know, once every couple months. Yeah. <laughs> more than probably most people in the movie watched it. <laughs> Definitely more than more than the director watched, watched it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guy that played Dossie was in another movie with Blake Lively that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And I think I might watch it now because he... He looks very familiar. I can't remember who like... he was in Game of Thrones, but he was in Game of Thrones, and that's where you've seen him before. Yeah. Oh, was he the Viper? Nah, that I'm wasn't sure. Um He was... He was on. somebody with the dragon lady. Like, they oh, sleep together at oh, one point. He's, uh, I looked Darius, at the pictures. I guess. He, was, he was one of the Darius. He's the replace of yeah. uh, Deadpool. Deadpool guy, guy. yeah. All right, so please find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs, and on Twitter at unmovie podcast. You can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, rate, review, hear from us, or let us hear from you. <laughs> you hear from us every week. We want to hear from you. That's true. <laughs> and next week on the podcast is Elaine's pick for your birthday month, for Tony's birthday. Starting to celebrate Tony's oh, birthday. I don't have a song. <laughs> well, <laughs> quick, look one up. <laughs> oh, Anything. Just sing. Go with the. Go with. Find the. Um, you've got the touch. <laughs> so next, so I, we're gonna start off celebrating Tony's birthday month by making Tony watch a movie that I bought for him because I thought he might enjoy it. I keep so, forgetting to watch it. Welcome back. We're gonna welcome to the podcast finally the great one, Kevin Bacon. With the movie Tremors. Oh shit! Did you forget about Tremors? No, we were hoping we were not to watch it. No, dude, Tremors. Yes. Alright. It's just the credits. <laughs> so he was in the the Age of Adel- Adeline with Blake Lively, where she doesn't age. Oh, okay. I I kind of wanted to see it before, and then I forgot about it. So I'm going to watch it. Also. So my backup favorite line is when she's in bed with Ilsa and they're talking about Mark and I don't know what happened, but then Ilsa says, and then there's your Mark. You wouldn't want him to go to waste. (laughs) 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 Like maybe that she has to get back to him. Yeah. Oh, so good. That is a good line. You want him to go to waste. I was like, Oh, that was hilarious. (laughs) Especially because she doesn't have anybody. So she's like, you just got all these guys. Throw me one. I'll take Mark. He's got that. I'll take Mark. Until the breakup scene, my favorite scene was when she first gets there and they she reads her book and then they have the argument. I don't even think we have Tremors. We don't. We'll find it. Maybe Tony can send you the barcode and you can do that thing where you download the digital copy based on the barcode. Sure. Pay two bucks for it. I'd watch Tremors all the time. <laughs> but I just liked how much fun they were having in that scene. I know their book club looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>